everyone, and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I am your host. Joining me are my two co-hosts. First, we have Adam Beagle. Adam, how are you doing, man? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to have you back on the show, as always. And coming off of his second charity stream of the year, Mr. Lord the King S. Stephen Beagle, how's it going, man? It's going really well. Thanks, Luke. Uh, and congratulations on your acceptance back into college for your bachelor's well done yeah thank you that was uh yeah i i went to university when i first got out of high school it was for something completely unrelated that i'm going to school back going back to school for but i'm going back for communications degree so i'm really excited so yeah thank you it's uh exciting times and i'm really hopeful for the future that it could bring me so yeah thanks (laughs) good glad you're excited (laughs) i am excited a little nervous of course because it's like even since I was last in school, it's been like three, almost four years now. So it's like, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment getting back to the the routine of schoolwork and doing papers and stuff like that. But I'm sure I'll, I'll fall right into it and hopefully really enjoy it. So, so welcome back to the show. It's been, it's been a minute. I was looking at uh, releases and yeah, we have definitely uh, not been as present this year in general as uh in years previous especially at this point in time you know we're we're looking at e3s right around the corner and looking at how many episodes we've released this year compared to last year it's a little bit lower of a number and you know that's for uh, a couple different reasons um i'll be like i don't want to be like say everything on the podcast but i do want to be transparent with the audience here and say that uh, me specifically i'm just having a lot going on in my personal life right now so like trying to juggle all that as well as like doing side things like podcasting or even my stream uh, over on uh, twitch.tv slash Luke the Llama. Go follow. Um, you know, it's just, it's a lot to juggle and stuff like that. So there's, you know, uh, there's sometimes where we plan out a day and then the day comes. It doesn't necessarily work out that we can record that. And again, it's just with our schedules, it could be really, we don't have a lot of time to kind of schedule in those episodes. So that's kind of why it's been a little wonky, but we did get those Pokemon. We had that Pokemon snap review, uh, Steven, and then, uh, Adam, we were joined by James there for that returnal review. So we did get a couple good review episodes in, but, um, I'm really excited because, you know, going forward, we're now getting into like Christmas, the Christmas season for gamers, right, guys? Is we're 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 at E3. We're gonna already be talking gaming about season is here. Exactly, gaming season is here. I love it. Yeah, it's we're gonna have a lot to talk about in the coming weeks, and um, I think that's it's, that's gonna put a lot of motivation and at least with me to to try and do my best to to you know plan out when we can do content and also just make sure that we're not doing too much at at once, as you guys know, like. This isn't just what we do, Steven. He's streaming five days a week over there on his channel. Adam, you're streaming up to three days a week on your channel. So there's a lot um, when we're adding this podcast. So I just wanted to start the show again by saying thank you for your patience. Thank you for continuing to listen into the show. Um, we really appreciate that. And we should also mention, too, um, I don't know that it's been mentioned prior, but uh, games are fun podcast is now three years old uh, oh yes right. yeah it is <laughs> i totally forgot about that and like when the actually the actual day came and like passed it <laughs> like i remember it was like oh yeah that was the anniversary I, I knew it was coming up but yeah we we officially passed three years uh as of the 29th i think it was 
and yeah, I, I think I thought it'd be fun uh, maybe right now just to kind of do a quick snapshot in history because there's different points where you listeners have kind of jumped on to games that are fun. So um, yeah, we started, I started this podcast in 2018, uh, May of 2018, and it was just a creative outlet, literally just a way to, um, you know, not annoy annoy my girlfriend Megan by talking to her about video games all the time and just having like a creative outlet where I could go and talk about video games. And it was just to myself, you know, podcasting me, myself and I, and it was a lot of fun. And it really kind of increased my interest in like knowing more about the video game industry and trying to connect with other people in the industry or, you know, doing similar things that I was doing. And um, yeah, so for a, a long chunk there, it was just me recording episodes by myself and it was a lot of fun. I would occasionally bring on guests. And at one point I actually met you, Adam, on the subreddit of the kind of funny uh, subreddit page, you know, just looking to, to ask for guests to my show and you responded to it and we connected and you came on and it was really fun. And then we actually brought you back. Uh, I think it was the 20, yeah, 2019 E3 where you did a predictions episode with me. And then it was shortly after that predictions episode where um, you came on pretty much like regularly, regular episodes after that, I think. So, yep. yeah, so it, it was, it, that was a lot of fun bringing uh, Adam on full time. Cause that was, you know, nice to have a, someone to talk about, talk about these things with, you know, instead of just talking to the, the microphone. So, um, that was really great. And, um, of course, Garrett came on the beginning of 2020. Um, I previously worked with Garrett doing some podcasting, uh, an apex podcast before, and, um, we had kept in touch and brought him on board. And then, uh, in, this year, we, Steven, you made the jump after making multiple appearances here and there on the show, Final Fantasy VII review uh, episode. I think you were also on the 2019 Game of the Year episode, 2020 Game of the Year episode. And uh, you were already a kind of person that we were talking to in our Games Are Fun kind of like work chat and brought you on. And yeah, here we are today. So that's kind of like in a little short history of games are fun in the three years of like kind of what we've been able to do. So it's, it's like looking back at it, it's kind of like one of those things where, man, I could have done this. I could have done that differently, but you have to remember all of this has been figuring out as I go. I just one day literally bought a microphone and said, I'm going to do a podcast and went out and did it. So, you know, every little milestone we've reached, you know, some are further apart than others, but I know I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish here. And, um, you know, just even like the relationships we've been able to build, like with you two, the Beagle brothers, but with Garrett and then the Gaff community, like that's been really phenomenal and how we've really been able to help kind of create a network of people that support each other, um, in their content creation and stuff like that's been really fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolute delightful community, uh, that's come up. If you want to be part of it, invite.gg slash games are fun to join the discord channel uh we have a blast on absolute blast on there uh we have a great time hopping into each other's streams too when we're streaming uh giving each other a hard time uh while we're playing our our respective games or whatever and it's just a blast absolutely fantastic community um so yeah come be a part of it oh steven you're muted 
very supportive, <laughs> hysterical, and um, just a, a mass love of gaming of all types there, among other things, food, TV shows, movies, like we're just, we're just nerding it out and uh, having a great time with it. The best thing about it too is it's a very welcoming community. Um, a lot of us are allies to LGBTQIA+, in this Pride Month. We're very happy to say that we're one of those communities that will welcome and support you um, and be there for you. And we're big on mental health. And, um, you know, just to give an example, it was it was a rough mental health uh, couple weeks. We know that we understand it and we support one another through those things. So there's there's a really great positive space for you if you come and join us on the Discord server. And of course, if you're a content creator, we love to hear about it. We love to come and see what you got going on. Um, and like Adam and Luke said, we just have a ton of fun with what we do. So please, please come in and join us. Yes, 100%. All right, let's get to the episode. So what are we talking about today, guys? Well, we've got a couple things planned because since the last time we've talked, there's been like a lot of news that is worthy of talking about. I mean, we, we started the first half of this year complaining of like, oh, you know, there's not too many big AAA releases. <laughs> News is kind of dry. We're just kind of waiting for E3. And then, you know, May came along and all of a sudden there was lots that started popping up. So um, the big one we're going to talk about today is Horizon Forbidden West had its own state of play last week. And we got our first look at gameplay for that game. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Nintendo we I feel like we've talked about this on the, the show before. We definitely have. But uh, the Switch Pro, the rumored Switch Pro is supposedly going to be coming out this fall, question mark. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, if we have some time at the end, we may touch on some stories, including the Far Cry 6 gameplay reveal and release date, as well as uh, Sonic's anniversary. They shared some announcements from that presentation, uh, including some game announcements. So that's what the show is going to look like today. Um, but before we get to all that, just a reminder that games are fun is a weekly podcast. Uh, each week, Adam, Steven, and myself join together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and reviews on recent game releases. Uh, you can catch the podcast on all major podcast services, such as Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, Stitcher, just search for games are fun on your podcast platform of your choice. Uh, and whatever platform you're listening on, if you like the show, please consider subscribing so that you don't miss when those episodes go live. You can also catch the show over on our YouTube channel where we have video of every single one of the episodes. If you want to see, you know, three talking heads and some B-roll gameplay while we talk about specific games, uh, you can head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Games Are Fun Podcast in YouTube. We don't have that custom URL link yet, so please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel uh, so we can get that. That'd be really helpful. Um, and also make sure you're following us over on twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast, where we stream the podcast. Uh, this podcast is actually the first one in a long time we haven't done live, but for the most part, I would say almost all our shows have been live, uh, streamed on our channel. I, I think we've done a pretty good job at that this year. So, uh, if you are catching the shows on the audio services, we appreciate it. That's fantastic. Thank you for your support. But you're missing a whole lot of fun over on Twitch.tv where you can hang out with chat. You can hang out with the Nishans who are cracking jokes all day, all stream long, trying to make us, you know, break 
break our professionalism while we're doing the show. <laughs> so make sure you are following over there. And I think that's all I have. So it's been so long since I've done this. I think I did a pretty good job. I think I got checked off all the boxes. So nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed yeah, it. You nailed it. <laughs> all right. I'm going to turn it over to you, Stephen, because before we get talking into your show, I wanted to do a recap because you had your second charity stream of the month. And uh, yeah, why don't you share some some of what that day turned out to be? Sure. So uh, on my birthday, May 28th, I decided to do a second. Well, didn't decide. It was kind of imposed upon me because on the first charity stream, everybody donated for it. So I did a second one on the 28th uh, for stackup.org which again is a um, organization that basically raises money to uh, get veterans and active duty service members involved with gaming and geek culture through things like supply crates, which is gaming gear that's sent out to them. Um, they get them sent to conventions uh, to hang out with people there and get them connected back in the community to help promote positive mental health as well as suicide prevention. So a really great organization. Um, the 28th ran a lot like how the first one went. We had contests in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, we had some great gameplay. We did some minimum item level shenanigans where we basically set everything to the base for what it was for particular content and went and ran it. Um, and ended up raising another almost $1,300 uh, for, for Stack Up, bringing my total through these two charity streams this month up over four grand, which is absolutely Incredible. amazing. Complete. Yeah, like completely unexpected with this whole thing. And um, even on the second one, I was just like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to set the bar to five, five thousand, see if we can hit it. If I can get five hundred, that's really all I'm expecting. Ended up almost tripling it. So it was a it was just a great day overall. And I'm extremely proud of the kingdom and what they put forward. And it was an absolute blast to do the whole thing. Another 12 hours. It was just it got me thinking about doing 12 hour streams with you guys and how much fun that one was mm -hmm. oh my god so and there's a clip one of my incentives donation incentives uh it, if you were there for the for the uh charity stream that we all did together um it is a known fact that i hate mayonnaise i hate it it's despicable it's the worst condiment <laughs> in existence somehow two, not one but two redemptions happened through donations for me to take a crack at completing a climbing puzzle in the game. And if I could do it in six minutes, then I don't have to worry about eating any mayonnaise. But if I fail, well, then I have to eat a heaping, a heaping teaspoon of mayonnaise. Oh, and I had to do it twice. And it was, it was awful. <laughs> it was the worst, worst thing in my life. I still taste it now. And then anytime anybody mentions eating mayo, I just kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was so bad, but it was so much fun. It was for a great cause. Uh, we had a really great time that day. And, um, if we do hit 5,000, my link is still active. I'll have it posted up in our Discord uh, after the show, after we do the recording of the show tonight. If we do hit the 5,000, I will do an additional 12-hour stream a little bit later on this year. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah, if you please check the show notes. There'll be a link in there right to Steven's donation page, and you can uh, help support the cause by going over there. But, um, yeah, big, big congrats to you and your community, the kingdom, for, you know, hosting not one but two really successful streams and raising a ton of money for a really great you know charity and um yeah adam i'm any words that you wanted to share because you, you were obviously involved in the first partaking in some of the events in the first and the second one any highlights you wanted to mention um not 
I mean, there was a lot of really great events. There was a fun run where it was, you know, level one characters running through the world of Aorzea and Final Fantasy XIV, which was just so much fun to watch. I didn't participate in that. Uh, For one of them, I had the opportunity to be sort of an eye in the sky and kind of keep an eye on the action and and just make sure that everything's on the up and up and everyone's being fair and uh, good sportsmanship all around. Second time, it was just purely spectating through uh, Steven's camera on his stream. And both times were an absolute delight. So much fun to watch. Um, the, the the glamour competitions were so much fun. Again, I, I participated in the first one. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things. It's like, you know, I'm not going to win this thing. I'm not really <laughs> trying necessarily to win. But it was just fun to be a part of. And the uh, the community was, was, very, uh, was very fun. Um, very welcoming to that. Like, although I'm a mod on Steven stream, I don't typically get a lot of time to uh, get into the game with the people in his community mm-hmm. because of, you know, work and, and other things. So I'm typically just kind of in there for, for a little bit, popping in here and there when I can. So it was a good opportunity to interact a little bit more with the community and be in a space with them and, and have some fun. And they were very welcoming um, to having me in there. I, I felt a little bit like a stranger in there, but uh, it was a really good time all around. And both streams just absolute blast. The incentives, the, uh, oh, the minimum item level runs. Ooh, man. I know, Steven, you, you mentioned that earlier. Those were ones that I did actually get a chance to, to participate both times in because uh, I was off work in time that I was able to hop in and, and get into both of those. Man, those are a blast because it, 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 they were basically the first alliance raids that the game ever had. And they were alliance raids that me and Steven ran on content way back in the day. What oh, was really? it, like 2014, 15? Oh, yeah. um, so we ran those on content. So we were running minimum item level back when that was the only option you had and when you jump into one of those without that that minimum item level you know uh restriction it's just an absolute breeze you just go in you steamroll you dominate everything but going back in minimum item level was so much fun the the first one we did labyrinth of the ancients was just so chaotic and insane The, the mechanics were throwing everyone off um it was oh, it took us way longer than i think anyone expected it to and it was so much fun the second one we did uh circus tower went much more smoothly i think we only had one full alliance wipe in that but still an absolute blast um it was you know everyone coming together just being god gamers getting through that stuff nobody knew what what the mechanics were nobody's ever for the most part nobody had ever done that because they didn't get into the game until later and uh, for someone like me that hadn't done it at that minimum item level, basically since the game came out, I had no idea what was going on. So it was just nobody knew what they were doing. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, it was like figure <laughs> figure of the 24 people that go into these things. There's probably maybe like four or five of us that did it back whenever that was on content. So you take us four or five going in with, you know, 20 some other people, 19, 20 other people or something like that who have no idea about any of these things. So brand new mechanics basically getting thrown in their faces and you can just see how everybody will panic and scatter. And Labyrinth was really great because it was one of those moments where you could just see the Alliance get smacked in the face. Like you're not just going to come in here and roll this like you usually do in your Alliance raids with your friends and doing the roulettes and stuff. Like you go in, you got smacked in the face. It knocked us down a bunch of times. 
And then I think everybody had their expectations with Circus Tower because you could tell whenever they went into the fights, they would sit there and wait. They would wait for all the mechanics to get discussed and for the tanks to go do their thing and pull the boss and all that stuff. Like there was a lot more of a trepidation and that caution, that caution that everybody had helped us out. And we ended up getting a really nice clear through the entire thing on that Circus Tower. Warrior, uh, World of Darkness, which is the third phase of that raid group, um, is already in the works. I've been talking with some of the other streamers that have been involved with it. They're hooked on it now. They absolutely love the minimum item level content. So we'll be getting together with them to come up with a World of Darkness raid at some point in time as well at minimum item level. Nice. It was great. Awesome. I'll be honest. I don't know like half of what the, what you guys just said, but I am glad that it was a great time. <laughs> you will. I will. I will. More on that at the end of the sh the show. But <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's jump into it, guys. Horizon Forbidden West State of Play aired last Thursday, and uh, before this, all we had seen was the initial reveal of it at the ps5 reveal event last june or july about yeah. a year ago yeah there's last summer yeah last summer yep. and we got a trailer for it and at least i was very shocked to see a sequel for horizon um i didn't expect to see that actually uh in the same show that we also saw a sequel for god of war but um horizon Surprising nobody got the first gameplay reveal out there with its own state of play. It was 14 minutes of brand new um, gameplay for Horizon Forbidden West, you know, uh, and, and it, it was really awesome because it, it kind of showcased some of the environment that you're going to be kind of exploring, especially the underwater um, traversal that's included in the game which they kind of showed off in the reveal trailer so they kind of went into that they, they showed off some new enemies um, and it just looks awesome so if you haven't watched it yet I definitely recommend that you go check it out for yourself um, for our video viewers we do are gonna have some b-roll playing here but um, initial thoughts guys on watching this reveal reveal tra gameplay trailer um, because for me, like, watching it, I just want to say that, you know, if you were to ask me before this, what are games that I think look really impressive? I always put Horizon on that list. This game, watching it, like, oh my gosh, it looks so freaking impressive visually. So what did you guys think? What are we thinking of this new sequel uh well, yeah go ahead i i mean at at the time of this recording uh with the footage that we've seen this is easily the best looking video game that has ever been created to date oh. um just visually at least it 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 looks the best mm -hmm. from anything that i've ever seen and um you know obviously over time that's going to change the as the hardware the the consoles get or the developers get more in tune with what the console can do and and the hardware and all that they're going to push this system to the to its limits so right now we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg i think of what the the ps5 is going to be able to do but for right now it looks absolutely incredible they've taken you know what looks to be the systems from the original game and just kind of improved upon a little bit of everything and just making the game look absolutely gorgeous uh, we don't know a lot about the story, but I really enjoyed the story for the first game. I 
can imagine we'll have a very good story for this one. I, I do I do wonder if they'll be able to, to create that same layer or um, sort of feeling of intrigue that I got with the first game where it's like, oh my gosh, I need to know what happens next because we're seeing a world that's far, you know, in the future from our current situation. And we obviously want to know what happened to our civilization as it once was. And so we kind of got that answer. I'm kind of interested to see what sort of story they're going to put into this game to create that same level of intrigue. So that kind of remains to, to be seen, but I, you know, I, I have full faith in gorilla that they're going to do that. Um, obviously the gameplay looks phenomenal. So at least gameplay alone, this should be a very enjoyable game. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, like with Horizon, it was uh, number one on my list whenever I finally got to got around to playing it um, for that year. Whenever we did our personal personal top tens, and the game at the time on the PS4 was gorgeous. This one is just taking that and kicking it up a notch. Everything looks clear, wonderful. It it's almost like one of those seamless transitions from cinematic into gameplay with the way that it looks. So it's got that great clarity to it. Um, the gameplay aspects of it, the uh, hiding in the tall grass and using your spear to fight and having, you know, particular special ability sets that you can kind of kind of work with in each of these battles to make your fights a little bit easier. That's all there. And they kind of expanded upon that as well. So it's got all that great foundation that Horizon had at first. And I'm with I'm with Adam on this is like what we're going to be looking at now is what can they do with the story? Because. The DLC for Horizon really didn't strike me as hard as what the what the game, the base game did for Zero Dawn. So I'm interested to see where they're going to start taking this story wise. But what they gave us in that state of play uh, has me hooked and I'm ready for it. And and like Adam said, like looks like the best video game that's uh, visually that has been made to this day like it looks absolutely stunning and that struck me really really well the one cool thing before they started this state of plays they were kind of running um panoramic shots of certain areas and different regions that we're going to be able to visit mm -hmm. and one thing that they had in there that caught me intrigued story-wise are there a there's a lot of these the if you remember from the base game um and Zero Dawn, the Hades structure, like the big hulking machines that were there, the you know long legs on them, almost big Hydra or or uh, octopus looking ones, humongous robots. There's a couple of these, it seems like, in the areas that we're going to be visiting, and I want to know, like, are we going to like? what more can we get out of those can right. we do we get to explore inside of one something like that like i'm ready to see kind of more of the details on this and get my hands on and play it for sure um but yeah absolutely great state of play showing off how this game looks and what you're going to be able to do in it for sure so when horizon came out i did actually play it um actually wait it came out in 2017 yeah i play i got it shortly after launch because i had gone my ps4 like literally months before that and this was like the one game one of those games of was like the reason why i was excited to have that ps4 is i was excited to like get into horizon zero dawn and i played that game and i loved that game and there wasn't really too much negative i had to say about my experience and i i got to i say 75 percent. i think that's a little generous because i don't think i got to like a big a big story beat like i still don't necessarily know the you know the plot to the game i guess um the yeah so i 
I, I think I just fell into that trap of playing something else. And then I just kind of put horizon on the back burner and forgot about it and really wanted to come back. But you know, when you have a big open world game and you get further and further away from it and you still haven't completed, it's like, it just, it, it's, it's feels like it, I don't know. You go back into it and it's like, I don't really know what's going on in this world anymore, but I also don't really want to start over because I've spent literal tens of hours, you know, exploring this world and making like i i don't want to just i can't uh, you know you're you're stuck between that and so i was kind of stuck with that really excited for this sequel um then i saw this trailer and i was like okay i need to make this happen now i need to go so i immediately picked it up for pc and uh just because i love you know pc gaming and, and the accessibility that comes with that and man just playing that game running um running that game as making it as best as it can look. And then it still like, doesn't match like the quality. And, and mind you, like I don't have the best GPU out there, but I have a pretty decent GPU to run that game. And um, yeah, so I can't wait to see this in person, you know, not on a YouTube video, even up res to 4k, like seeing it, you know, watching it run in 60 frames per second on, on my TV at home. That's only, you know, five feet away in 4k resolution like it's gonna be freaking phenomenal and i guess the big question i have for you guys is you know looking at this gameplay we see you know some of the things you guys mentioned that are very clear okay that's they're they're just continue on that you know mechanic of traversal into this game whether it be um like you said sneaking through the tall grass and stuff like that shooting the enemies in specific areas to knock off armor plates, that kind of stuff. But what I want to know from you guys is there was something that happened after Horizon launched. And there was a game that released called Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and Breath of the Wild really made it difficult to go back to this game too because you went from a world that you could climb every surface, <laughs> like literally everything, to a game where your only traversal is basically whatever's highlighted yellow that you can run and grab or whatever. Um, do you guys think, we saw in this gameplay trailer, there's a section right, uh, I think, after the water section where she climbs up and we see those yellow marks again indicating, oh, you can jump up here. Do we think they're going to stick to that same kind of traversal system that the first game have? Or are they going to open it up more to games like Breath of the Wild or, you know, Odyssey or Valhalla where there's these open world games where you can literally climb everything and anything you can see. What do you guys think about that? I uh, I really don't think this is going to be a climb whatever you can see sort of deal. I don't think this is going to be Breath of the Wild. Uh, as far as the yellow things, I did I did uh, hear something that was kind of explained from it that it's her her tech that she has that, that kind of scans the area. And that's what's lighting up the yellow parts oh, okay. that she can climb. So without doing that scan, um, you wouldn't see those yellow pieces. So it's going to, using that, is, it, it's a way to sort of, I guess, have those clear indicators of what you can climb. But also not have it just so like glaringly obvious. Like, hey, thanks, whoever, for coming around <laughs> and painting this stuff yellow so I know where to climb on. Um, you know, they, they sort of make it make sense in the game that like okay uh my scanner has identified that this is something that it to, for my ability is scalable and you know she has tools like the grappling hook she's got the glider 
and using those is going to open up traversal a lot more, I think, but it's not going to be like, if you see it, you can go there. I don't think it's going to be that kind of situation right. uh, like Breath of the Wild. There's going to be more structure. There's going to be invisible walls, barriers, mountains, or whatever that you can't get across. There is going to be limitations to that world. Yeah, I definitely agree. But I think uh, with the inclusion of that type of tech where scan the scan the region and see where you can climb up and stuff, I think there's going to be a lot more opportunity to put it to use than what we saw in the first one. So there's probably going to be other zones to climb or more opportunities, at least. It looks like we're going into some cities, some major cities. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to use it then. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be that, that sort of like Skyrim or Breath of the Wild. If you see it, go to it. Um, idea, but I think there's going to be a lot more use of that since it's there as a mechanic now in the gameplay, uh, which is pretty exciting because now it's now it's going to look a little bit more natural because, uh, like Adam said, it's it's almost like you go into a place where there is something to climb, and it's like, oh, here's this great big, you know, glaringly yellow piece that I know that I can hold on mm -hmm. to. Now it's just kind of like, okay, give me a natural scan of the environment and see if there is anything out there as opposed to, oh, there's that thing I'm going to go climb in. Right. That sort of a little bit more exploration <clears throat> is going to be involved, I think, than what there was before whenever it comes to this climbing aspect. Mm -hmm. yeah. Adding in the grappling hook and the glider, that adds in a whole other layer of being able to get through these different explorations of, of areas. It's going to, it may not be major, major open world, but I still think it's going to be a great game to move around in and go and find things that you can, you know, climb up and around and, um, and glide over to other ledges and things along those lines. Yeah. Like while it may not be completely like sandbox free roam, go wherever you want the tools that they're giving us, I think is going to make it a way that makes exploring these areas more fun and more to do so mm -hmm. yeah it's, also i want to apologize uh, you know it's memorial day weekend ish at the time of recording uh my neighbors have decided to set off fireworks i'm trying to mute it whenever i can uh but if you hear some popping going on in the background that's what it is <laughs> okay good to know <laughs> especially me the canadian i would just be like what's going on <laughs> is yeah. this a holiday yeah. Um, yep, there, there was a holiday this weekend yep. and uh, man every night this uh, since basically Friday night um, someone's been setting off fireworks so because Memorial Day was yes yesterday or today Correct. okay yep. at the time of this recording it was yesterday <laughs> and so they're still setting fireworks off because of yesterday yep okay and they will probably continue to do so uh, probably through the week into next weekend as well interesting mm -hmm. okay it's the one thing, as a Canadian, the Americans' fascination with fireworks is something. I will tell you that. <laughs> we do have fireworks up here, but man, I remember like, like going down to the states and like road tripping and stuff like that, and just seeing like the sheer amount of fireworks that can be accessible. It's just quite mm -hmm. impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm I'm really excited about about this game um i think like before we wrap up this topic uh yeah the when you think back to the first game you really utilize scanning the environment like all the time right so kind of playing that putting that in to look for places to um uh for your grapple hook or paraglide like those kind of in it makes sense right it's not like they're just restricting you for the sake of restricting you they're kind of making the way you movement so that you're using 
the tools that are at your disposal, right? The game teaches you that literally from the very beginning of the first one, uh, when you get that piece of equipment, right, is you use it for pretty much anything to looting items to figuring out how you're going to take down an enemy, right? Figuring out its its track, highlighting that track so you can kind of sneak around it. So um, yeah, I'm interested in seeing like how can they take that piece of tech and just maybe like give Aloy some sort of like upgrade to it, right? So utilize it in a new way that we didn't see in the first game. Like I'm just kind of hoping that this game, all it really needs to be is what the first game was but obviously we already know it's looking better it's going to perform better we got the ps5 hardware um we're going to get higher frame rates um i'm interested in seeing what this is going to look like on a ps4 but because this game is supposed to come to ps4 um but i i think I, i think it's going to be really good i just yeah i'm interested in seeing how how they evolve horizon in this new generation um because I even when you look back to, you know, there's a, a bit of a difference there. But I think of like Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two, and while they're very similar games in their tone and everything like that, two did some different things that one didn't have with you know bigger areas, uh, you know, just adding some little things that still made it feel like the original. So it's not like whoa, what is this game? It's nothing like the first. So I think just watching this gameplay reveal, it's like. I think that's what it is. I just really hope that it's like they they do enough. You know what I mean? That it's not just like Horizon 1.5. This is this is the sequel. This is supposed to be the expanded new new game in this world. So, but no no release date yet. No release date. So yeah, I was really surprised by that uh, because I was expecting going into this. It's like okay, we've got we've got what 14 minutes of gameplay. They're gonna drop this release date on us it's right before e3 this would be like this would be a huge thing for sony if they did it and then nothing showed up and i'm like what are we what are we waiting for now guys like why 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 we've got all this gameplay and maybe adam you can tell me because you're you seem not too surprised by this and then you're kind of expecting later not even this year like why wouldn't we get this game this year why they why didn't they drop the date on us so so once i know you were very much like i think you had even said in discord like this is going to be a 2021 game and you know i I was kind of open to that as you know especially with them giving it this this sort of light of day like the last time or usually when we get these things are kind of right around the corner right we had uh last of us part two official state of play we had ghost of tsushima official state of play so you know, it was very reasonable when we heard the news that this was having its own state of play, that this was going to be a 2021 game. And almost immediately, as soon as the gameplay demo started, I put into Discord, this looks too good. This needs more time. This is not a 2021 game. <laughs> now, so granted, it's it's probably been in development for four years, right? But probably not that entire time was it being developed for PS5. And they also have to make a version for it that's compatible with PS4 because we obviously don't want to see another cyberpunk situation, right? (laughs) Where it runs well on one platform and it runs like absolute dog shit on another one (laughs) Um, or on the previous gen. So I think that's something they're going to be, you know, probably hyper-focused on. The QA for this game is going to be nuts. So there's, and and again, it looks too good. This This is, it, although that demo looked super polished, it looked really great. There's a full game 
they're going to have to make sure is this level of polish that looks this good runs this well. I think it just needs more time to bake. I, you know, them not giving us a 2021 release date or committing to anything at all. I, I yeah, not even like a fa- fall or holiday 2021 or something like yeah. that. And I mean, the other thing too is, is, you know, we saw so many games getting delayed because of the, the pandemic mm-hmm. COVID-19 ran rampant. That's why we had the drought of games that we've had. So many things are getting pushed back. And I think this game probably suffered some development setback as well. And if they were to give us a date now, again, learning from Cyberpunk, they gave us a date and they pushed it back how many times? And we still got what we got. I, I think I think there's a lot of caution that's going to be taken from developers from mm-hmm. that. Very cautionary tale, Cyberpunk. So I think, again, making sure that both versions are polished, the QA is immaculate for both versions, is it, it's just... There's no way this is coming out 2021. I just I don't I don't think there's a way that they can do it and have it be uh, a, a I don't want to say perfect because no game is perfect, but as perfect as it can be at launch. I, I don't think it can come out this year and be that game. So then this brings up a follow up question, and maybe I'll I'll field this one to 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 Luke first, then Adam, you let me know what your thoughts are. What is our big title this year? What's gonna be what's gonna be the blockbuster game for this year then? Because if this isn't coming out this year, what is? What are we getting that's going to be like this level of hype for a for a blockbuster game? What are we thinking? God of War. <laughs> you really think God of War is gonna come out before this? Yeah, I do. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> I was I was gonna say, like, I actually disagree with Adam. I think there's still a chance that uh this could come in 2021 but i'm in the camp of god of war is definitely not 2021 um because i just don't that one seems less likely to me for some reason because we've seen more which doesn't necessarily mean anything but i don't know like my thought of it is okay they got ahead with this state of play and i was expecting release date too i thought you know, like you had mentioned those state of plays, Adam, and then even just recently, like uh, Ratchet and Clank, right? I'm um, like next, like in a couple weeks here, we have Ratchet and Clank or not even a couple weeks. So it's like, it, I thought they would have done that. And like, while it's not like going to be like, hey, the game's coming out in a month, I didn't expect it to that level. I thought there would be a bit of a, a gap there. But the fact that they didn't, I think what they're going to do and you can mark this down as an early prediction for E3 is I think Sony in this month here during their presentation, they're going to have another horizon trailer. It's going to show gameplay mixed with story stuff like Aloy's talking about the West and how it's better than the East (laughs) and how it's forbidden. (laughs) And there's going to be more robot dinosaurs and, then it's going to get then it's going to get like a release date and you're going to get like Jim Ryan or no the whoever is gorilla gorilla um at gorilla games is going to be like you know horizon forbidden west makes its way to PlayStation 5 and PS4 this and that's where I'm not 100% sure yet I'm like I don't know where it's going to land so I'm going to you know I'm going to kind of tinker with that prediction so that next week when we get our formal predictions 
I'm going to have that date finalized and I'm going to put it on record. But you, you think God of War, Adam. Why do you here's think my, that? Here's my thinking. Okay, so... <laughs> so last year when they unveiled the PS5, the games that were coming along with it, they had... Now, granted, it was just a title screen, but they did say 2021 mm-hmm. in that. So granted, delays can happen. We've seen it happen with yeah. a lot of other games, but at no point did they give us a a date, a window, anything for Horizon or yeah, Horizon that would indicate that it would be coming out before God of War. Now granted it's probably been in develop longer because Horizon came out a year sooner, but uh a- again, there's been no indication that that's coming out before God of War. God of War actually at least got a year. And what I think they were doing with this state of play because they didn't want to fit it and maybe they didn't want to fit it in with whatever their next state of play is going to be, maybe a little closer to E3 or over the summer sometime, where it's going to be more games that are coming out this year. People are still going to want to know what's going on with Horizon, because if you go through a state of play, you're putting out all your big titles, there's no Horizon, you get the people in chat that are like, Horizon, what, you know, like what they're doing with Elden Ring and Silk Song, like every time you're in a Twitch chat or <laughs> YouTube chat or whatever, while wow, there's one of these conferences going on it's always the the people asking when's elden ring escape for granted it's it's all memes at this point um but you know people would want to know where where the hell is horizon and by putting this out it shows this is being worked on um here's here's enough gameplay this should hold you over for a little while that if we don't show anything in our next state of play you're not going to throw fits you're not going to be angry you're not going to give death threats like where's my horizon um and and this leaves the door open for them to focus on other games they don't need to set aside a big chunk of time for horizon because that's out of the way now we can focus on games that are coming out this year like god of war because it's coming out this year 2021 (laughs) oh man um i i couldn't tell you when like i i I don't know i maybe have to tweak that because this is kind of a prediction right i'll have to think about that for our next episode and predictions on when I think it's actually going to fall. But I do think it's still going to be a 2021 game. Um, I, I hope it is. My my fantasy critic lineup hopes that it is. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think just, again, because we were given something before we've gotten, like, any sort of date indicator for Horizon that I think it's still coming out first. Yeah, while you were talking there, I was doing a quick little search because I would have sworn, like, around when they announced that it was coming to PS4 as well, that in that, like, press release, they, like, stated that it was coming. But, yeah, there was nothing, like, official. It was just expected in 2021. So it just another reminder on how, like, you know, game announcements and stuff like that through the hype and the, you know, just, like, what we expect the typical rollout to be. We kind of... Sometimes it's really easy to kind of be, like, assume you know, things are going to come at this date based on these facts that like (laughs) you just determine, decide things like, you know what I I mean? mean? Look at it's, it's a hive mind, right? Like think of the hive mind that was last year, 2020. Everybody thought breath of the wild two was coming out last year. Mm -hmm. Everyone's saying we haven't heard anything from Nintendo. All we've gotten so far is, animal crossing what's going to be their big holiday game it's going to be breath of the wild because we've seen a trailer Mm. for it and it's been a couple years and it's the one that makes the most sense 
and it never came. We still don't know anything else about Breath of yeah. the Wild 2. Now, granted, mm -hmm. that'll probably change at E3 this year. Just a gut feeling. Who knows what Nintendo's going to do? Nintendo's going to Nintendo. Um, but last year, everyone, if you would ask anybody that was following games news when Breath of the Wild 2 was coming out, they would have said this year, hmm. holiday, 20, holiday 2020. And I feel like the same thing is happening with Horizon is... It's just one one person breathes it into existence. Your your Greg Miller's your oh yeah. Um, I don't want to say Jason Schreier because he probably has sources if he's saying it, but um, you know your, your Game your Scoop big, crew or like yeah Game Scoop absolutely yeah someone breathes that out into the world and all of a sudden it catches right and and we get this hive mind we get this tribal mentality that because we heard it from this person even though they didn't have a source or anything to go along with it we still that we latch onto that because it's what we want and that's what we believe. And then every, it just catches and that's mm -hmm. what everybody thinks and everybody goes along with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm stating here. I do not believe horizon is a 2021 game. I do believe God of war is a 2021 game. And I should say another case of this, another instance that was just revealed to me. I, I don't, I don't remember what I was listening to, but it was never officially given the subtitle Ragnarok. That was a title that was given by fans, by people that want it to be called mm -hmm. Ragnarok. And everybody believed that's what it was to the point that IGN, the game scoop, I think it was game scoop that was, that was coining it along with it. Like, well, we think God of War Ragnarok is coming out. And that wasn't even the subtitle that was given. It just, it literally just says Ragnarok is coming right in the trailer or something <laughs> yeah, like that. And that, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, I mean, it's it's entirely possible that's the name yeah. of the game, but because we all assume or we expect that to be the title, that's just what everyone's calling it. I think there was even uh, the the rumor, I think it was with, um, was it Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Everyone thought Ragnarok was a subtitle for that game yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we just, you know, we, we catch things and, and we just, we, we get that association yeah. and we immediately think, and it happens with releases too so no it's it's true and a good reminder that especially like we're in this e3 season there's lots of rumors one of the next story we're going to talk about is like a little rumory um so like you know always take things with a grain of salt and and fact check but either situation god of war or horizon if one of those come out this year i'll be very happy like oh, i'll just say yeah. that <laughs> sign me up yeah i'll take either one I don't yeah, care just if I'm any, wrong. If Horizon comes out. I'm I'm playing it. I don't care. Any blockbuster at this point, right? So any blockbuster at this point. <laughs> yeah. And my idea on this whole thing is, if we were in a if we were in a standard Sony E3 show, right? Um, Gorilla would have came out and done this. The, they would have given us the trailer, right? Like Luke was describing, Aloy talking about the Forbidden West and how forbidden it is, <laughs> and the dinosaurs and everything. And they'd be like, okay. And then we got a special treat for you. Here's 12 minutes of gameplay on this. The crowd would go wild. There's going to be a date, like Luke was saying, coming up here. I think it's going to be 2021. The game looks so good. It's so well done and well, like it looks finished at this point. What they did is they brought in a nice section of the game, like this one section that kind of crams in a lot of these new mechanics and, and a new monster. So they've got this one area that kind of gives us a great showcase of what's going to be new in it, at least some of it. I think that what Luke is saying is that we're getting a date. It's going to happen this year. It's going to be holiday. I, I just 
it's in my guts it's in my guts (laughs) that's me breathing the life in (laughs) (laughs) it looks too good to be ready by the end of this year that's all i'm saying is i think that to make a full game look and and play that well it needs more time so then what we end up i was just sitting here thinking listen to you guys is if we don't get any of these we're literally in a year of the mmo we're in the year of the MMO, which is wild because we've I got been bitten by the MMO bug pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, like it's happening right now. It's crazy. Yeah. So like if we if we don't get these single player games and we're left with Mass Effect Legendary Edition, a series of games that came out a decade ago as our big blockbuster titles, like we're sitting on the year of an MMO right now. So it's going to be it's going to be it's, interesting to see what happens. It's going to be interesting and like that's why I'm r- really excited for this E3 even more than last year in a weird mm-hmm, way right? because it's like obviously it's like coming back um so that's like exciting, you know, having that whole presentation um and it being kind of hosted this digital thing for the first time is going to be cool. I'm fascinated by that, but like what like I feel like last year Although there was repercussions in development on games because of COVID that we saw, I feel like we are still like for the next little while going to continue to see like that that aftermath from that of having to switch and seize operations in the office to move to work at home and like how that just like really, you know, put things aback for a lot of industries. Like I think like we're going to s- start seeing like there's still games are like still showing us that stuff but i feel like i don't know like there's going to be we're going to we're not out of it yet just because we're getting vaccinated all that like the industry such as the video game industry are going to continue to we're going to continue to see the repercussions that they had to face and stuff like that so um i just i just i do hope that they can get at least one triple a game out and uh yeah it you know, it's especially in like the year after the the PS5 launched, even though only half of us can actually play play them since they can't sell them. So, so we're gonna get a good opportunity. We're gonna get a good opportunity to see how Ryzen runs on PS4 the yeah. way it's going. Yeah, I cannot exactly. Right Stephen will get that uh, PS4 <laughs> review for us. <laughs> Remember whenever I was making fun of you guys, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait on getting my PS5. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not pre-ordering. That's a mess. <laughs> Here, <huh? laughs> the other thing too is uh, when that. 2021 date was given for god of war we were already almost almost half a year into the pandemic so you know Mm -hmm. there may there may be delays involved but like we were already into it so i mean they they had to have accounted for that at least a little bit to still give us a 2021 release date so yeah i'm still saying it god of war (laughs) 2021 fair enough yeah i guess after E3, we'll find out what fall looks like in general for, for all the platforms and stuff. That I guess that's kind of where I wanted to finish that thought is like, not just for the for PlayStation, but like video games in general, like, will this be a typical fall? I mean, last year we kind of got that, but we also got brand new consoles. So we were all caught in the hype of that. What does this holiday look like? Should be interesting, but yep. especially... It could be very interesting for Nintendo, which is our next story here. Nintendo Switch Pro reportedly releasing this fall. So there's been so many freaking rumors about the Nintendo Switch Pro that for years now, years, yeah, like short, like probably within a, a year after launching, like they're already talking about the next iteration and 
I think conversations definitely ramped up once once the you know PS5 and Xbox Series X got announced and we're moving into a new gen. It's like Nintendo's always kind of been like in this weird rotation when it comes to generations. And, you know, I think a lot of people have made this assumption because the PlayStation and the Xbox One kind of got these like mid gen upgrades with the the pro and the series or the one x um will nintendo follow that and because when you look at the nintendo switch and its specs and its hardware rather you know there's a there's a bit of a gap on where things are now to when that launched so uh bloomberg actually did a report talking about uh you know, uh, a report saying that the Nintendo Switch Pro is real and that it is coming uh, in either September or October. Um, so Matthew Aguilar over at comicbook.com had a little bit of a summary here that I'm going to quote. So um, Nintendo's current Switch model is still a solid seller, but many have been wondering when a new model of the popular system would finally hit the market. And according to a new report by Bloomberg, it is finally going to happen this fall. The report states that Nintendo plans to begin assembly of a new Switch as soon as July, and the release would follow in September or October. So, let me repeat that. They assemble it in July with September or October. This new model will also likely cost more than the original uh, $300 price point, and once released, will phase out the standard Switch, though the $200 Switch Lite will still be offered. As for timing, it could be announced ahead of E3, which starts June 12th, which is next weekend at the time of this recording. Um, so, the reason for that would be to allow... Oh, yeah. So, the reason why they're... Apparently, this is the speculation. The reason why is to allow publishers to reveal their upcoming games for the new system at E3 to capitalize on the buzz. A Nintendo spokesperson declined to comment. The new Switch model will carry a 7-inch Samsung OLED display and an upgraded graphics processor to allow for 4K output to a TV. Uh, assemblers could start shipping the new model in July, and according to sources, the production is scheduled to peak in October to December quarter, though it remains to be seen how semiconductor shortages, which have affected PS5, Series X, and the original Switch, will affect the new Switch model. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, what do we think, guys? Switch Pro, first of all, do we think this... Okay, there's a two-parter question I have, because this article kind of touches on two things, right? First of all, the question is... I think we don't need to ask this question of like, is a Switch Pro real? Because we know Nintendo is going to release some sort of console at some point, whether it is in the Switch family or not. We know Nintendo is going to at some point do that. So the questions then become, will it happen this fall? And do we really think that if it's true, are they going to announce it before E3 like this article in this Bloomberg article said? Um, so, uh, Stephen, why don't I start with you first? What do you think of this switch news? It is going to happen this fall and they are going to, they're going to, it's going to be at E3. Um, I think Nintendo right now, since they're involved with E3 is, and this is coming up next weekend, right? Um, they're going to come out. They're going to be like, first things first, everybody, here's this amazing new 4k capable system that we're going to give you the super Nintendo switch. And if they don't call it that, they're really missing out on a great opportunity. <laughs> Bring it back. Super Nintendo switch, right? Super Nintendo switch is here. And here's some of the great games that you're going to be able to play on it on 4k. And we're going to see some things like the new Pokemon game, the open world one that they're bringing us. Mm, right. We're going to see things like 
Breath of the Wild 2. They're going to bring that one and they're going to drop it on us at E3. Prediction. Uh, and it's an early one, but that's one of them. And they're going to show all these great games that are going to that are going to really utilize this hardware. Um, it's a perfect opportunity for them because everybody knows it's coming and we want it. And they're going to be like right off the tail end of one of their greatest years ever as a company. They're just going to be like, by the way, we're going to make next year really good for us too. And they're going to drop this on us and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great show. So that's my idea on it is it's going to be at E3 and it is going to be here this fall for us to be able to pick up over the holiday season. The only thing that has me worried is the same reason that I can't get my PS5 right now. It's the semiconductors, these dang semiconductors that nobody can get their hands on because they're not being mass produced very well right now. And there's a whole bunch of other industries that need to get these things that are a little bit more imperative than what gaming <laughs> yeah. is, which is a matter of opinion, I think. <laughs> but we're we're running in a situation right now where it's like, yes, it's it's here, it's gonna have a date, we're gonna have it, we're gonna be able to get it, but we're all gonna be running into that semiconductor problem and it's gonna be tough to get our hands on, which is unfortunate because again, we're gonna have a big library of games that's gonna utilize this thing. And we're all going to love it. And I know Nishan is already chomping at the bit to have this in his hands as well as I am. Because mm -hmm. taking something like what I'm already playing, say like uh, uh, Sword and Shield or Pokemon Snap or Sm even Smash Bros, putting it onto this 4K capable and maybe get some upscaling out of it and make it look even better with better frame rates, like gimme gimme, right? Mm -hmm. um, so big excitement. We see it at E3. And we get it this fall. Absolutely. Okay. So, and you see it at E3, announced at E3. That's like the big announcement from Nintendo as other kept. Yeah, so they're they're going to lead the show off with it. Okay. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, the only way that they wouldn't is if it's if it's something that they're not, like if they're wanting to, you know, kind of trickle in at the beginning some small like new indie titles or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, by the way, you know, when they're in their doug bowser way mm -hmm. uh with their presentations giving us the the switch the super nintendo switch nice. call it that do it tm yes that is way better than if they continued the, what was the last with the new 3d nintendo yeah switch new nin <laughs> yeah oh my god nintendo <laughs> um i would say yes and yes to both of those i think it's going to come out this fall i do think it's going to be announced before e3 for the reasons that they mentioned in the article, because we have Ubisoft, potentially Bethesda, Square Enix. We have all these uh, all these big developers and publishers that are going to be taking the stage, uh, essentially, before Nintendo does their thing. Because Nintendo is known to kind of go last, right? Before doors would open at E3, they're sort of the last ones. And if they wait till that, that direct to announce or show the switch uh super nintendo switch or whatever they call it um that takes a lot of things potentially away from these other developers or publishers that could potentially announce some big games coming to it right maybe we get another ubisoft collab like a mario rabbits kingdom battle with something of that nature or or square you know um there's you know we've had octopath we've got that triangle strategy thing coming out maybe they got something else in the works um, we know Dragon Quest 12 is now a thing that's real. So maybe there's going to be something on Dragon Quest 12 that comes out and they could show. And it, you can do this on the Switch too. So 
there's a lot of opportunity for this Super Nintendo Switch to get some limelight even before Nintendo's Direct comes about. And when they do, that news will already be out of the way. They can focus on the games coming out and they can just knock our socks off with all the Nintendo goodness that's coming out. But I do feel like it's coming out this year because I feel like it's almost necessary to run some of these new games that they're making. Breath of the Wild 2, Pokemon, Arceus, that Arceus thing that they're... Uh, Legends, that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, games like that, I, I think, are really going to benefit from the more powerful Switch. And again, sort of the... Just that little bit of, of gameplay that we saw of Pokemon Legends, again, I, I feel like it almost needs that upgraded system to be able to run that game really effectively. So I do think it's going to have to come out prior to that. I don't think it's going to be a launch game, but I, I could very well see this coming out with Breath of the Wild 2, which will be the perfect fit because we had the first Breath of the Wild come out with the original Switch. I think it would be awesome. Absolutely incredible. Hopefully these games do run relatively well on current hardware because I'm not expecting to be able to pull a, a Super Nintendo Switch in the way that I was able to somehow get a PS5. Um, whatever miracle I, I called upon to get that, I probably won't be able to do a second time around when it comes time for the Switch. So um, yeah, hopefully these games do run well on current hardware, especially if the Nintendo or the Switch Lite is still a thing because... You know, there's a lot of those out there and they don't want to alienate those those players on those devices. So uh, surely they, they would have to work on the, the current hardware, but I'm very excited for it. My Switch is, uh, you know, maybe running on its last legs right now. So I kind of need a new one and I don't want to buy another one, especially with this Pro right around the corner. So, um, but yeah, so yes and yes to those questions. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. I, I definitely think this is the year we get it. I thought that before the pandemic and even after the pandemic, I'm, I'm still in that line of thinking, although I think Nintendo would obviously much prefer this the world to be in a different situation, right? So that they didn't have those issues um, on top of just like the demand issues that come with Nintendo products, right? Like that being on top of it, I think you're right, Adam. It's going to be... And we like we definitely lucked out with our PS5s. Like literally, it, like to think in the moments we got them, it could have been minutes, and we would have been like, we wouldn't have gotten them. So it's yeah, I I hope I'm gonna try my best that if it is a situation where it gets announced, um, and they they say yeah, this is when pre-orders are going live. You know, I'm gonna try my very best to try and get on that because yeah, I'm in the same boat. I want that upgrade. I've been waiting for that upgrade. Um. And yeah, I, I, I just hope that, you know, going forward um, with these mid console things, like the thing with switch is like generally switches are a little, actually, I'm not entirely sure, but at least in Canada, they're more inexpensive than a PS4 or Xbox one. Like when you went to the store and so not to mention that they cater to a younger audience too. So like, I just hope that like, you know, there were a couple games, I think, from the new 3DS that was like, it could only, I think it was like the Xenoblade game, and then there was the Minecraft or something like that. And they could only play on the new 3DS, um, meaning if you had the original 3DS, you couldn't play those 3DS games. And it's like, well, that shouldn't be the case, right? Like, these these new 3DS should, like, optimize these games and give, you know, 
give a better performance um, and not hinder that that audience that's already bought into your system. And I don't think Nintendo would do that, but I just like because you look at the gap of like the Switch and it's it's hardware there, and you look at something like the PS5 or or something like I know that there's a little bit of you can't necessarily compare those two things because um, they're very different, but it's just the way Nintendo executes this, like it needs to be done in a way that's like the Nintendo way, you know, it's not going to be like a $500 handheld or something like that. Like, it's just, I'm really interested in seeing how they handle it. Cause I think when we were talking about earlier about horizon and like how the media and, and everyone in the, the fanfare, just like, like switch pro, like not a real thing, just something that was made up. Like we're literally just assuming that this is, uh, was going to happen like maybe it is more robust and more of a, a successor than we think it is I'm, I'm just really interested to seeing it unfold and if it means like having those breath of the wild 2 or those those new pokemon's experiences with more fidelity like i'm totally for it so um yeah i i think it's going to get announced uh although i will say i think i'm more with steven than you adam i think it is going to be announced at the e3 because i think there are some of those events but i think those are more of like i don't know i just think those are always handled with like more of like a video that goes up on nintendo's like youtube page of like a trailer for a ubisoft game and like i don't know it's hard to say i would the sooner the better but um definitely because, i mean they didn't they didn't do that with mario and and uh rabbids kingdom battle true so. true so like i it's think a big collab like that whenever you have companies and they're uh, like uh game game um oh god words whenever you have the studios coming out with their games and they show the trailers and everything and then out on the bottom they've got all the icons there that show what mm. platforms these things are coming out the nintendo doesn't have to change that it's coming out for the Nintendo Switch for those types of things. So like those presenters are going to be able to come out and say, okay, this is game X and it's going to be coming out for PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox, and Switch, right? And everybody's going to be like, oh, Switch, this this great looking 4K game is going to look like crap. And then Nintendo comes in with the Direct and be like, no, it's not. Here's our Super Nintendo Switch. So they still have the opportunity there. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to spoil Nintendo's show if they're like, oh, this is coming for... You know, this is coming for the Switch also. Um, I saw, And not to mention the fact that whenever they do their presentation, they're going to be able to have their people with the... They're probably going to have their people with um, Super Nintendo Switches in their hands playing these games too. Right. And giving the, the, the demos and things like that with them. So there's still a ton of opportunity for Nintendo if it's announced at E3 versus beforehand. But there is a part of me that's with Adam where it's kind of like, yeah, let's, you know, let's get the system out of the way before we get into it, because then that just leaves more space for games. And that's really what we're there for the systems mm -hmm. for is to see the games. So. Yeah. At any rate, it'll be just great to like have a Nintendo event. Hopefully, like, again, a lot of this is always assumption, but Nintendo shows up every year with like something. So, uh, yep. yeah, it should be, a, should be exciting, man. That's crazy to think. <laughs> like if it's true like back-to-back -back years of like ps5 and then this is like man that's we're getting spoiled <laughs> we are yep this is a great time to be a gamer totally yeah well and like you think with the growth that the video game industry as a whole had it's like the one industry 
like during the pandemic that actually saw a lot of growth, right? Because everyone was going home. Yep. They were buying, mm -hmm. you know, game console switches were selling out like crazy last year. Same with PS4. Like you couldn't get your hands on just any consoles. Um, so yeah, like what will that mean for these things, for the Switch Pro, where games are going, what they decide to do, because it's like literally just getting bigger and bigger with every year, it seems like. Yeah. So I mean Nintendo had one of its biggest years ever yeah. and it had like one game. <laughs> yeah. Like we're complaining here about yeah, like freaking Nintendo had such a crap year. Really what else did they have besides Animal Crossing? And they're like, jokes on you guys. We, we really yeah, don't but... care. Because <laughs> yeah. just Animal Crossing yeah. made our year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they were dusting off at the at the end of March. There, they were just like, "Okay, we're ready. Let's." Uh... All right. Um, next uh, couple stories here. So, just looking at the time, uh, I'm not going to spend too much time going into these, especially because I don't know if you guys did either. Of you play any of the Far Cry games? Mm -mm. No. Okay. So I I'll like I played maybe four for like thirty minutes <laughs> right. or something like that. Was, yeah. Fair enough. So. I'll, I'll keep it brief, but I did want to talk about it because I actually um, am quite excited for um, Far Cry 6, which just got announced last year and was supposed to come out. It was actually supposed to be out by this point, but it got delayed. Um, so Ubisoft, hey, we're going to have this gameplay reveal for Far Cry 6, uh, and it happened la this past Friday. So again, crazy week last week. Stay, uh, two big games got two big gameplay uh reveals and stuff like that and far cry 6 very much continuing the same things of far cry um i really like the far cry series i haven't played all of them but i'm a big fan of uh four five i really liked um i know people had issues with five but six when they revealed it like i was really excited especially with the trailer with you know john carlo esposito um playing that villain role that he's so good at in, um you know mandalorian breaking bad so i was instantly like okay cool and then seeing this gameplay reveal basically uh far cry 6 is takes place on um the fictional world of yara and yara is basically kind of like a fictional version of Cuba, I guess, is like the best way to kind of uh, explain it. And um, basically, there's just like any other Far Cry game. There's like uh, basically a civil war outbreaking. You come in to, to fix said civil war. Like that's pretty much every Far Cry game in a nutshell. Uh, this game, again, just continue to kind of do the same. It also really looks really impressive um, in terms of like the environments and stuff like that not to the level of something like horizon but again we're starting to get a lot of these trailers to start coming out and we're we're seeing what next next gen really looks like right is it's like it's just going to continue to get better like when you look at uh I'll, I'll show for our video viewers here like even even just uh some of the character models and stuff like that like it looks like Giancarlo Esposito like it doesn't look like a CGI version like there's some scenes that are like uncanny so I'm really impressed with just like how good it looks um, and then all the craziness that brings into Far Cry they're kind of combining with like some really absurd uh, crafting systems and like crafting really crazy guns like there was this gun that you could shoot CDs and it was like playing the Macarena song and it was like really ridiculous so you know kind of like uh that like 
I kind of think of games like Dead Rising or Dying Light where you kind of have the craft these like crazy melee weapons or something like that seems to be coming more into Far Cry um, which it had a bit in five they're they're continuing that so it looks like a lot of fun it just looks like your crazy open world game that is a typical Far Cry game um, you know just like everywhere you go you're going to be driving and having like crazy militia guys attacking you and then go around another corner and some like honey badger or crocodiles like chasing after you so you know if you like those games it looks like a lot of fun i know they're not everybody's cup of tea but um yeah it's coming october 7th so uh pretty big delay considering it's supposed to be at the beginning of this year and then it got moved to may i think and then um in in october so again one of those games that got delayed just like everything else so really excited to see it and uh yeah, it just looks like a lot of fun, just like a lot of sandbox fun. Um, so, yeah, should be excited. And then we also got a little bit of some Sonic announcements. Now, are either of you guys Sonic fans? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I play the, uh, what is it, like the Sonic Arcade that they had, where it was basically every Sonic game available on, on the right. PlayStation 4. I play that with the kids uh, every so often. Like, I will sit down and play a Sonic game, absolutely. Um, the event was okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, okay. And then they teased at the end something else that's coming next year. So it's like, okay, what what's that? That's what I need to know about. Mm. I Like, the, the Sonic Colors... Um, ultimate that they're doing this remaster of a 2010 game that's that's great and good and i'm glad fans of that game are going to get a remaster of it but like what's what's the new one mm -hmm. uh that's coming out in 2022 and hopefully that's something that's going to show up at e3 as well as we get a, a better eye on what's what's coming up next year with sonic mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm very much like i don't know not really i'm not i don't dislike sonic but I'm not really a fan either, right? Like there's some good games out there and there's there's a lot of games that just don't really appeal to me. Um, the older games, obviously, I, I like those ones. Sonic 1, 2, 3. Uh, those are some good times there. Sonic Spinball, you know, I've always, you know, it's, it's not the, uh, you know, technically not a great game, but, you know, something that I've always enjoyed. Uh, Sonic Mania was was a really really well done Sonic game. I mm -hmm. huge props to Sonic Mania. Uh, that was fantastic. So that I mean, there's some there's some good games out there. I know uh, people have a lot of love for uh, I think Adventure One and and I think especially Adventure Two and then Colors. I think was another pretty big one uh, back in its time. But there's also some really really bad ones out there too. Um, and I can't think of any off the top of my head or, or what they are i know sonic forces wasn't really super well received um it looked kind of cool in my opinion you can make your own character but uh in the end not super well loved from what i recall um but yeah they they came out at the very end there's there they do the here's one more thing kind of thing right and they show this little sort of cinematic trailer and it just you know, like, well, what is this? Why give us the one more thing if, like, we don't even have a title? We got a, we got a, a, a symbol. Yeah. On the ground is what we got. <laughs> um, so it's like, if we could have maybe got a little bit more, that would have been great. Uh, especially if you're doing it as a one more thing where you want to hype people up. Um, so that was that that felt a little off to me. But I mean, other, otherwise, like, it was a good celebration of Sonic uh, for all the years that he's been around, and and there's a lot of 
you know, a lot of fun things, you know, a little something for everybody in there, but not, um, again, aside from that last thing that has everybody wondering, um, there wasn't anything that was just absolutely mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I've never like had any attachment to Sonic. I never played any of the games growing up. Like they've just been experiences here and there over the years. And so, yeah, literally I kind of like missed this information uh, initially. And then I kind of went back and I, I watched the Sonic colors trailer and I didn't even know like about this game at all. And I don't know. I know that people kind of have a preference over 2d Sonic probably more than the 3d ones is kind of what I've think I've gathered from the, the hardcore fan base, but even the Sonic colors ultimate game looks kind of neat. Like if it was like, you know, on a, on sale for a decent price and I like had nothing to play, it was like, okay. Or if it was, you know, a game pass game or something like that, I could definitely see myself checking it out. But yeah, I don't really like, because there's no attachment. I don't seek out, you know, to, to, play sonic in any way unless they do something new and interesting um the sonic adventure games uh from back in the day on like dreamcast and everything those games look interesting to me just like from watching some gameplay and stuff like that uh that would be kind of interesting something like that if they did that for the 2022 game but um just kind of maybe given sonic the love he deserves and because I know that Sonic is like super iconic and he's gotten all sorts of treatments. He's gotten the video game treatment, TV shows, lots of things. He's now a movie star. He has it all. But like he's also been, you know, dragged through the coals a little bit. Like Sonic's had a, a lot of of, of uh, rough times in his past um, with some terrible games. Um, even looking at the movie with the whole fiasco, I mean it's just like i i, I remembered that initial sonic look the other day the initial <laughs> render yeah i was like, like yeah oh my gosh <laughs> what like that set the internet <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean like sonic i just hope like whatever it is it's like a knockout it's like sonic's back you know like in a in a big way that's like okay think of how long ago sonic first released like let's get that new generation like let, let, let's get that we got the movie let's build off this momentum and get sonic um back into you know the in the conversation when it comes to kids uh, the, you know so i yeah i'm interested in seeing what some of these things unfold to to be and um but yeah nonetheless kind of cool that they did uh, a day to kind of celebrate some stuff um for their anniversary there and I think it was smart for them to kind of do it a couple of weeks out of E3 because everyone's like, you know, feeding off of the state of play presentation or the fart, like all this video game news so that like anything that's coming out, like we're, we're going to watch it. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap up the show. Uh, start wrapping up the show with catching you up on what we've been playing. And it's been a little bit, um, since we've talked about what we've been playing because we did a couple review episodes. So obviously, you know, that we've been, playing returnal we played pokemon snap and stuff but what else have we been playing so um adam i'm gonna actually turn it over to you first so why don't you go ahead sure yeah so uh we we talked a, a little bit earlier about the uh the the mmo bug um or and just the year of potentially the year of mmos and and how i've personally gotten bit by the bug so i've been playing final fantasy 14 for for a while um you know we talked about that several times and even just earlier in the show 
Uh, but I've also gone back, and I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous show. I'm trying to think when I actually started doing this again, but I've started playing Final Fantasy XI again, which has just been an absolute treat. Man, I love that game. It's so good. Um, it's it, There's obviously some, some things that are kind of dated. Like if you're going to play it, you're, you're probably going to want a uh, a guide to get you through some of the quest missions and just because there's no quest markers on uh, no mini maps things like that to kind of point you in the direction that you need to go and some of these things objectives that you need to do can be extremely obscure uh so it's good to have some sort of guide handy when you play it but man that game just feels so good like i like um I like that it's a little slower than something like 14. It's, it feels slower. It feels more deliberate. It feels a bit more like a classic Final Fantasy, but in a large, you know, open MMO world. It, and, and it's just so good. The job classes are really well done. The combat feels nice. Like, again, it's, it's a little slower, but um, there's... It's and it's not quite turn based, but it it kind of is in the actions that you do. You sort of have to. I feel like there's more strategy involved. It's not just go into this fight, do your rotation, and as long as you execute your rotation, you're good. No, this is like you need to factor in enemy weaknesses, whether it's elemental or you know the the type of physical damage you deal, blunt versus slashing, or you know whatever. Um, it, so there there's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, you're always in a state of danger in that game as well. Like just walking through the world, there's always something that can, you know, catch you, come after you, take you down in an instant. Um, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of caution to take when you're just traversing the open world and it's just everything put together just feels so good. Now I am playing the, um, what's, what's called the retail version, right? So it's, it's not the classic Final Fantasy XI, there are a ton of quality of life improvements made to this game, which uh, would really benefit anybody that wants to play this game and, and play through the story of it or just see what it's all about. You can do it, although, like I said, it's not hand-holdy in any way, but there are systems in place that can make playing through this game an absolute breeze uh, if you want to play through it solo, if you want to experience the, the, the jobs. And I love the job system in this game, right? Because you have... You start off with, you know, just a couple jobs. You unlock advanced jobs when you hit a certain point, but you have sub jobs too, which is something that I really miss in in fourteen and and being able to kind of blend and sort of make your own classes, um, and and because everything's so intricate, everything has its own abilities, its own traits. Uh, there's just so much to consider when, um, when you're you're setting your your job and your sub job. It's just so good. Um, the The world is fantastic. It's huge. It is a very big world. There's a lot of monsters in there. There's a lot of stuff that you can do. There's a lot of NPCs to talk to. Even with, even if the server was relatively empty, it feels well lived in because there's plenty of NPCs, plenty of quests to do, plenty of missions to take on, and and it's it's just great. Um, it. I, I kind of thought when I jump back in, it would just be like this quick nostalgia thing. Like, oh yeah, look, uh, you know, here's all the things that I did, the music that I enjoyed in the the towns that were fun to go to in this job class. And no, I am like hooked on this game. Like, I just want to keep playing it. And it kind of pulled me away from Final Fantasy 14. And so I've been trying to like balance the two again because obviously we have uh, uh, Endwalker coming out for 14. I got to make sure that 
I get some prep work done for that. Make sure that I don't totally rust uh, over these couple months. And uh, but yeah, eleven is just oh, it's so great. <laughs> so I've been playing that. Uh, nice. I also want to talk a, a little bit about Biomutant. Um, oh yeah. So as as people have probably seen, the uh, the review scores have not been great. And this is a game that I've been looking forward to for years. And every little bit of information I could get, uh, I was into. And they even had a trailer for it. I think it was earlier this year that they kind of just did like a quick, like, here's an overview of the world that you'll be traveling through. And it looked very bright and vibrant and stuff like that. And it is. Uh, but it's also very empty. There's not much to do. Um, the combat is fun, but it also the animations just feel a little weird hmm. um, that can, that can make combat feel a little wonky sometimes overall. I'd say the combat is, is generally fun, but there's a lot, there's so much going on. There's a crafting system in there that just feels bad. I, I wish they would take the, I wish the crafting wasn't there. I wish it was just finding loot, equipping the best gear that you can instead of find all these pieces and then maybe you can make something that's mm -hmm. half decent and then you can mod it and put all these things on. And there's so much that you can add and it all feels very arbitrary and it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't like the crafting in it. I think the, the review scores were warranted as much as I hate to say it because I really wanted to like this game. I made it through the initial, most of the tutorials, um, but there's sort of it, it sort of has that Breath of the Wild vibe to it where they kind of give you the feeling like you can kind of go out and go anywhere in the world, which I guess you can. But it also limits you to like your main quests in a way like it really wants me to go in this direction and fight this like first big boss. Um, but maybe I'd rather go in this other direction and fight one of the, the major bosses over here. And I, I don't think I can really do that. So it kind of takes some of that freedom away. Um, the character creation was kind of cool. The the narration on it is just bad. It's That's really what I've bad. heard. So you, you have these, you have this, uh, this, this world that has, you know, other animals in it. It kind of feels like a, a post-apocalyptic Redwall. Um, if anyone's familiar with that series where it's, uh, it's, it's typically high fantasy um, animals, doing high fantasy things hmm. um you know kind of like a a blend of like i don't know I, I i almost want to say lord of the rings but without the the super like threat of world ending things where it's just kind of like it's adventures with animals that wield swords and shields and armor and stuff like that and they do mystical things and and it's really cool but it feels like a post-apocalyptic version of that right but when you go and you talk to these other animals, you can't understand a damn one of them, apparently, because you have to have a little automaton robot cricket translate everything for you. So you basically, when you talk to another NPC or an animal, it's basically like a sim, like talking to someone from the Sims. And then you have this, this automaton uh, narrate what they said to you. And it's just like, I would rather just understand what they're saying and have each of these characters have a voice as opposed to hearing this gibberish followed by a narrated line because you can skip the gibberish and just hear the line. But then there's been times where I accidentally pressed the skip button and I missed the line of dialogue mm. altogether. 
not that the dialogue is is uh, of much consequence for the most part anyway but there's there's just and there's so much of it too it's like there's so much dialogue and it's twice as long because you have this this language that you can't understand and it's not like it's even happening happening simultaneously if it was just this language i couldn't understand but there were subtitles that'd be one thing but yeah, like a, a Banjo-Kazooie or something like that, yeah, or Animal yeah, exactly. Crossing, yeah. Yeah, but in this case, you have to hear it, and then <laughs> you either someone... have it read to you, or you can read it yourself. Wow. And <laughs> it just, it drives me nuts. I ugh. That sounds annoying. So, so, yeah, this is like, this is, it, it's a solid six, hmm. and that's like really all I can give it. Now, granted, I'm 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 not super far into the game, but I really don't have the urge to to go back and play anymore, which is which is a real bummer because I, I wasn't going to pick it up. I'm like, I'm going to wait for a sale. I'm going to wait for a sale. Yeah. And then, you know, I watched some streams on it, some friends playing it and I, I watch it. And I'm like, okay, this actually looks like something I could get into that, you know, it's obvious it's not going to be game of the year, but probably something I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so I bought it. Thankfully I had a $25 uh, PlayStation network mm. uh, gift card nice. that I used to kind of bring down the price a little bit. So that was my, my sale. Um, Plus, it, it, it like it's a cheaper game to begin with, right? Like a little well, bit. It's, like it's, it's not. 60 bucks. Oh, really? Because, oh, maybe that's because I had an EA. Yeah, it's the EA Play discount. I think. Oh yes. Yeah. See, I missed that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I wish I would have. I wish I would have got in on that, but I didn't. Um. But yeah, I just. Oh. Um. That's too bad. I don't cause... know if there's. I, I, I knew you were looking forward to that game and you were, it was, it, I, really was. it was one of those rare games that I remember like people talking about it on podcasts here and there, IGN kind of funny, whatever. And people be like, what's that game? And I'm like, I know that game. And then when I remember like there was one show we did once and you like, you're like, oh yeah, I know that game. And I was like, okay, like, it's like a game that seems like should be known. Cause, uh, Avalanche studios, like there's people that are like, it's published by EA. Like there's. Like this is a big game that people should know about, but it just was kind of stuck in that trouble with development there for a while. And then when it was finally coming out, I'm like, cool. So it's so unfortunate that like after all this time and like, I, I kind of had this thought it would it look like a double A game that maybe could become something bigger and really catch on and find a, an audience or something. It's unfortunate that the, the reception was, you know, not super great and just kind of good, but yeah, that's a really good way to put it too, because it, it, yeah, double A game that's almost you know almost a triple A. It looks like a triple A, but it doesn't it doesn't operate like right. a triple A. It's definitely in that double A category, and even then, it's you know it it doesn't execute as well as it it could or should. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there'll be updates that fix some of these issues later on, but you know again at that point. Look what happened to Mass Effect Andromeda because I I will always say that game deserves more credit than than what it gets because everyone remembers the launch of mm-hmm. that game and I feel like this game would probably be the same even if it gets patches that make it exceptional everyone's going to remember the launch nobody's going to go back yeah. to it it's going to always I it, you know it's it's I don't think it has the potential of a No Man's Sky redemption right, right. so. Fair. yeah so upsetting but um yeah i i wouldn't recommend it <laughs> sadly fair as much enough. as i would like to say yep all right that's it just those two then 
yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy fourteen. I've been playing more of that. Um, unless there's something I'm forgetting, but I, I don't think so. I'm, I've been spending most of my time on Final Fantasy eleven. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that tends to happen, especially with MMOs. <laughs> All right, what about you, Steven? I'm assuming probably the same usual suspects, but since you last talk, you have uh, a game that you've been streaming on your channel more than uh, you've been streaming Final Fantasy the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, why don't you tell I've us been, about that? I've been sitting on my hands a little bit with Final Fantasy fourteen, kind of taking a step back. It has been coming back around for Fridays, though, so I do still dabble. But mainly my stream days are going into Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And oh my God, am I so glad that I started this. Um, I knew that I was going to get it whenever it was announced. It was definitely for sure like buying this, playing the heck out of it and and streaming it to show my love for it. And I'm really glad I did. Um, Mass Effect 1, the changes that they made to combat and to the Mako and to the graphics just make it um, so much better. So quality of life has changed a lot with that one. And then you throw in this blockbuster story into this game. And uh, we were given, we're given this masterpiece all over again. Um, I came out of mass effect one, 10 out of 10. Like if this game was coming out this year and could be up for a game of the game of the year award, it's getting it like it's that good of a game. So if you've never played mass effect or you gave it a shot, but never really went back to it. I implore you to give it a try because it is so good. So we wrapped up Mass Effect 1, and then I've been kind of, you know, going straight after the main story, not doing a whole lot of side stuff. So bear in mind that whenever I say I'm blowing through these things, it's mainly just doing the main story that I'm getting through mm -hmm. the games in maybe like 20 hours. But there's a whole bunch of side content in all of these games that can easily take you to 40, 50 hours of gameplay for them. So just bear that in mind. Um, we wrapped up uh day of recording today we wrapped up mass effect 2 and again just 10 out of 10 uh, during the gameplay of mass effect 2 or during the game and going through it the story felt disjointed from one for me a little bit i was mentioning this in stream and everybody's like oh but two's the best and I, they weren't letting me finish my my sentence on this is it two felt is still the best <laughs> yeah i mean it's really good uh two two felt disjointed in the story i didn't feel connection other than some minor things between one and two. And then you get into the final act of it and everything starts falling in place. And it's like, this makes perfect sense. This was a beautifully done story. Again, another blockbuster, another masterpiece, 10 out of 10 with it. Graphical updates, a lot of things smooth. Gameplay wise, I do have one complaint, one, and that's it. And I was running into this a lot where my character would get hung up on cover very, very easily. Not like in one where I had a lot of really good motion and can smooth move through through battles and not get caught up and stuff. I was getting caught up on on cover so much that I was I was just dying in fights because of it. It was so aggravating. So if there was one thing that I could change from that, that would be it. Is just kind of make the ease of moving around cover points. Don't make it automatic for me anymore. Like I because that's basically what was happening. I'd go to start sprinting, and Shepard would be like <laughs> right in the right in the path, that's like just posting up. Yeah right in the path of gunfire and i'd get blown away it's like oh why are you doing this to me? um but we as soon as i wrapped up mass effect 2 which again 10 out of 10 game of the year award would be going to because it's just it's phenomenal um the characters that you get in mass effect 2 and this is what i think what makes mass effect 2 so 
better than Mass Effect 1 is the cast, your crew, basically. Your crew in that game, you get way more emotionally involved with them than what you do with the Mass Effect 1 crew. Like the Mass Effect 1 crew, other than Garrus and Tali, and maybe Liara, everybody else is forgettable. Those are the, like those three, I'm like, yeah, like bring them along with me. Everybody else, I'm just kind of, who? What? <laughs> so then you get into Mass Effect 2, and it's like, I don't want to lose any one of these people, even kind of the like offhands. You don't spend a whole lot of time with them or anything like that, just based off of how you want your crew, how you want your squad to be set up or whatever. You don't want to lose any one of these people because they have some sort of role in the story and they do so well with it that it's like, no, please don't die. So like you're doing everything you can to make sure that they stick around. And now um, and taking them through the final mission and and doing your best to make sure everybody survives like it, it, it adds that level of drama to it. Uh, along with how the story was developing and how it was built up. And then in final act, they were like, here you go. And they tie it all back into the first one. It was just very well done. Uh, and we started Mass Effect 3 today to uh, right after Mass Effect 2. And already I am hooked into this game. Like I'm so yes. ready to get back to it tomorrow morning. Um, I, I almost wish that I didn't do this on stream. So, <laughs> so yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, got to play with the community and enjoy it with them. And I, I'm looking forward to um, just like what I was whenever I was getting on and playing Final Fantasy 14 and enjoying that game. Like that's the same feeling I have with Mass Effect and and three kicks off there. The, the third game kicks off in this way that's just like mind blowing, like holy buckets, this is going down like and and gets the game started on this great footing. And I'm excited to see what we end up getting ourselves into because, yeah, I played them before. But man, it was a long time ago, and I forget everything that happened <laughs> yeah. in these games, and it's obvious. And I'm just reliving this story that I fell in love nice. with, and I'm so glad to be back in it again. And three, if you want to talk graphical updates and smoothness of gameplay, three is a delight. Like, it is so, so good. So three back then was good. So now we're bringing it into, into this mm -hmm. generation, right. this realm. So graphical updates are great. The smoothness of motion... Yeah how good textures look uh the all the all the gameplay elements to it are just all refined down to this this well-made game that would stay in time today against things like our horizons and against our returnals and stuff like it is so far again working on a 10 10 out of 10 with me and we're what an hour in something like that wow. so that's impressive. Yeah, these, these games freaking hold up. It's it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, I've, I haven't been playing it myself, but I've been watching your streams and like kind of reliving the experience through you. And and yeah, these games freaking hold up. They're so so good. They um, really do. Yeah. And I think the uh, I think um, social context wise, there's some there's some places that they can improve on. And I three will pick up on some of that stuff as well. Uh, you know, uh, same-sex relationships, things along those lines. We talked a lot about Jack in um, Mass Effect 2, who was actually supposed to be... Um, uh, words. My words are gone. You're, androgynous. Wordy, a, lot yeah. more, mm -hmm. a lot more androgynous than what she was in this. Uh, I guess to the point that we're, you weren't even supposed to tell if, if, if she was male or female. Uh, but it's very clear to tell that, she, that she's a she in this. Um, so like there, those social aspects of things that Bioware has always been kind of known to push the boundaries on there, it's, it's a little lacking there, mm. but three from what I understand is going to help and develop that a lot more into what it should have been throughout the entire series, which is great. Um, 
but we had discussions about that. I'm like, I'm extremely impressed. And like Adam said, the games hold up. Like this is, this is one of the best series that has ever existed story-wise, gameplay-wise. It's just a, it's an amazing, amazing set of games. And I'm so glad to be playing them right now. And then other than that, I gave Knockout City a try and it's as good as what I thought it was going to be. It's a lot of fun. It's my new Rocket League, I think. Like it's going to be one of those things where, yeah, I'm going to be able to hop in and play with randos and it's still going to be fun. But as soon as we all get together to play yes, it, we're, we're going to laugh our freaking faces off. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, it's just really goofy good time. And there's really, there's cool stuff. Like there's, there's special throws that you can make. There's special balls that you get in certain matches and they do a random one in each match. So like mm-hmm. you'll get a bomb ball where if you toss this thing the right way, you can end up hitting all three people on the team. And there's a sniper ball where you could be across the map and like, really nail somebody with it so they have those sort of things they have the ability for you to um do like a a lob throw or a lob pass where you kind of do a flip in the air and you you throw the ball or you pass it to your friend and it just kind of lobs up in the air so it gives it a, a longer travel time with a different arc so it makes it a little bit tougher to catch and then at least if you're throwing it and then they have the curveball too so it, let's say somebody is running around behind a pillar and you're targeted on them, you can throw this curveball to kind of loop around the pillar and hit them as they're as they're going to hide behind uh, cover. So all these little bits and the maps are a lot of fun. They're really well made. There's there's different maps and they all have kind of their own own layouts. So not not one is the or one's not the same as the other with all their different uh, tropes or mechanics right. or whatnot that they have. So um, yeah, those are. The two that I've been playing, it's been a blast. So I'm very nice. pleased. Awesome. I do um, want to mention real quick, I have also been playing Final Fantasy X. I've been streaming oh, that yeah, yeah. On, on stream the past couple of times. I, I forgot about that. So I, I did want to mention that. Uh, if you like Final Fantasy X, come come check out my streams. Uh, I'm not super far into it, so there's a lot of story to get through. It's not. I've played through this game a, a, a ton of times, so it's not like any of this is new to me, but... Uh, if it's one you're interested in or you you like it and want to come hang out, definitely do so. Um, yeah, lots of Final Fantasy 10, 11, and 14 on my plate right now. So <laughs> what a great series. B- big surprise. Beagle Brothers yep. talking about Final <laughs> Fantasy. Yep. Hey, I talked about Mass Effect. Come on. Fair. <laughs> By the way, Final Fantasy 14 has a free trial at the level 60. And you know what, Steven? Your words finally gave in to me because I am officially a sprout. I downloaded <laughs> that Final Fantasy XIV free trial and I made myself a character. And uh, yeah, I, I got into the Final Fantasy XIV Online uh, universe. And for the not the first time, I tried uh, back on the PS4 briefly with a, a trial then, um, but not enough to really ha- leave an impression. Um, so... Uh, yeah, uh, having a lot of fun with it. Um, I will say that my only exposure to an MMO before this was World of Warcraft, and I've played that um, many hours. So, like, there's a lot of just the typical MMO mechanics that, like, felt natural to me. I will say that uh, in comparison to, like, I've played... World of Warcraft isn't the only other MMO that I've played. That's the only one I would consider that I put some time in. Um, the thing about MMOs is, you know, is is the tutorial, how easy it is to kind of learn because MMOs throw a ton of systems at you right away. And if you're not really familiar with the loop and like kind of 
how you know the the overall mechanics and functions of an MMO then it can be a little trickier so I'm glad that I had that kind of expertise and you know comparing them to other MMOs I've tried out Final Fantasy 14 in my opinion like really pulled me in um really quickly like I was immediately just like really interested in um level grinding um which in World of Warcraft I just like got back into that this past fall and it was like it hit that nostalgia, but I was like, okay, that's great. I love kind of like going back into this area that I remember from like 15 years ago. It looks just like I remember it. That's great. And then it's like, now what? <laughs> so it's it's kind of been cool because like the game's done a really good good job at guiding me. Um, and so I will say like the one, the way I'm kind of playing this and the way I play MMOs is I'm not really focusing too much on the story and the lore because there's a lot of it. And that's typically not something that... Um, I consume a lot of in my games anyways. So I will say like, just like, it's almost like I need a codex or whatever right beside me so that I can like, okay, what does this word word mean? Because it has like, um, you know, it's the Final Fantasy universe, which I'm, I've only played 15 and seven remake. Right. And watch my sister play 10 and 10 dash two. Like that's, that's my expertise of Final Fantasy. So it's like just this simple, like, you know, uh, things like language and what things are called or whatever. It's like just kind of learning a little bit more about that. I think that's been like my only hiccup is just um, it's a lot, right, uh, to kind of learn. So, yeah, I, I'm, I haven't played in a minute. It's been a little bit, but I kid you not, I got to level 20 and like, like I grinded hard. I've ne- like it's been a while since I've hit, hit a bug where I wanted to grind um and it felt good let me tell you guys it felt good (laughs) so yeah i i'm really interested and it's been really great um you know the the community uh especially the the kingdom and uh, some of your your people over there steven um just like you know helping me out in like what i need to do or just some like simple things that like i kind of overlooked in the beginning um that kind of got me back on track real quick uh so yeah like shout out to pixie agu um there's you know lots of people that okay no kidding i was blown away pixie found me in the game and i was like (laughs) i was blown away because i was just grinding and then this person came up and just started jumping around i'm like okay this must be someone i know and it just blew me away because I didn't tell anyone. I like obviously they Pixie like it's just it just blew my mind. I just not expect to like I was like late at night. It was a really cool moment. <laughs> so it like made me excited yeah. of like sorry, go ahead. I was, uh, I was gonna say as soon as they know their name, yeah, they're, they're gonna come find you. Exactly. Yeah. And that that was it. I was like, <laughs> Well, how'd they know my name? Oh right. I posted a screenshot celebrating, hey, here we go, we're starting it off. Um, so yeah, that was impressive, <laughs> but yeah, I I'm excited. Can't wait to play more. Can't wait to like grind out so that I can get more knowledge at the game so I can feel like somewhat adequate, um, at like knowing the world and stuff. So I, I don't feel like a complete dumbass when I talk to you guys or just, I'll you know, take your time, man, take your <laughs> time. And no, exactly. That that's exactly it. It's like, there's a little bit of me that's like, Oh, I want to like be able to like play with people, but I'm like, they're all uh, way ahead of me. And like, I've been playing for years and it's like, but then same thing. Like you're saying, take your time. Like don't rush for all that because like, this is like 
and that and that's the thing that I did with World of Warcraft is you get so focused on like trying to get max level that like it, it, you can feel that burnout. So I just yeah, I've been like really enjoying just like even exploring the worlds like, you know, here's a place that I could get a little quicker by uh, going to a Chocobo or whatever, you know, teleporting like let's just run a little bit let's let's stay in this world a little bit longer so um yeah it's 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 been really great i've been really impressed with it really great mmo for sure so um good job steven you it worked (laughs) (laughs) got him (laughs) got him um other than that i haven't played too much um i Resident Evil Village, I've played complete since uh, I don't think I've even talked about it on the show. Uh, so for the sake of time, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'll say that like it's a really great game. I'm going to give it like an 8 out of 10. It's a good, it's a great Resident Evil game, but I don't think it is like as good as I wanted it to be and expected it to be. Um, so quick, couple quick things here. Resident Evil Village, if you were to take Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 7 and they had a baby, Resident Evil Village is what would come out. Like, it is literally continuing the story of Resident Evil 7. You have Ethan Winters. You're continuing that storyline. still from that first-person perspective. Uh, But it's taking the locations, a lot of inspiration of similar kind of locations with the village, the castles from Resident Evil 4, but also in some of the systems. So... Uh, in this game, there was a merchant like there was in Resident Evil 4. Um, so uh, you could upgrade weapons. You could purchase additional weapons. You could purchase health. You could do all that stuff. And that was like a huge part of Resident Evil 4 is, I mean, the merchant is like iconic. What are you buying? You know, like it's <laughs> everyone knows from those, even from the memes. So like integrating that into this game it was like really fun and and cool i never bought every single weapon so i'd like to kind of go back through a second replay there were some areas i missed that i kind of left undiscovered because i made the decision like you did steven of choosing to stream it and so it's like i want to play this game but i am streaming it so i can only play it when i'm streaming it so it it was kind of unfortunate in that way that i kind of had to break it up in in chunks where i would have just there were many moments where I wanted to keep playing, but had to stop. Um, in terms of like the spook factor, I will say that seven is a scarier game. It kind of was spookier to me there. I had like two or three genuine jump scares. Um, and the atmosphere is like kind of creepy, but I, I gotta say they really dropped the ball when it came to like the spookiness. And I really thought that like, playing the demos, seeing the trailers that this was going to be like the scariest Resident Evil game we got to date. And, you know, I really wasn't all that scared. Like, um, there was one specific level that was kind of like a dollhouse, um, that was the creepiest part. And I think that anyone who played Resident Evil Village would be in agreement that the dollhouse is like the creepiest part. Um, so yeah. And then the big lady that, you know, took the internet by storm, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just like there's certain things that like they set the game up to kind of seem like and it just goes in a different way. So the story and its connection to seven and I don't know, it just kind of that part of it is where it starts losing points for me. Um, So but 
Resident Evil, uh, the RE engine looks incredible, performed great on my PC, like one of the best games I've played on my PC yet, I would say. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a great game. And if you have any interest in like horror Resident Evil, like jump in. I mean, if you haven't played, I would play seven and then play this one. But if you just want to play eight, there's like a recap. So you can do like a, a story recap, but, um, yeah, pretty good. I will say that it could be in game of the year conversations, but it's definitely not a game of the year. Uh, I, I, I couldn't see it being like a game of the year at the end of the year, maybe, maybe in top five, top 10, but, um, yeah, so that's really all I've been playing. And then uh, I did just start, like I said, horizon zero dawn on PC and my don't need to talk about that game too much, but the one note I will say is, so with my PC, um, I've been able to just like, I have a 165 Hertz monitor, been able to max that refresh rate up as good as it can go while also being able to play games on pretty high settings, either high or ultra in some situations if I'm not streaming. This game, for whatever reason, cannot do both. And I think that that is like, because it is that port of a PlayStation 4 game. So it has like the like DNA of the like PS4 Pro enhancement uh, settings of like, you can choose to like have it more optimized for performance or for... Um, visuals um so that's kind of weird because yeah i had the visuals up pretty high and i cranked that frame rate and the game looked like garbage and i'm like what is going on and so i had to i can only i'm running like i i run uh i ran a benchmark test and it came up at uh i had set the maxed refresh rate at i think like 80 and it was just doing about 67 like it, it could that was like kind of where it capped out for me on those high settings if i wanted any higher i had to boot like bump them down to like medium or low on something so it's kind of like interesting i just wanted to share that because it's my first time i've played a playstation exclusive that's been ported over to the pc and so i just thought that was weird because i've never encountered a problem with that with any other pc game so it must be some sort of weird ps4 to pc translation thing that just is a little weird but um oh my god like <laughs> playing this game on pc you guys oh my god it's like i'm just like so ready to like just go for it and play this game like i couldn't be more excited for the the sequel now that i've also played like about an hour of the first game so yeah really good stuff <laughs> did you guys beat horizon zero dawn Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't play the like DLC, but I did beat the uh, the base game. Okay, fair enough. So I'll be hitting you guys. The DLC, like I said, like the DLC, it, it it's a cool area. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple couple new monsters to deal with, but like story wise, did not grab me like the base game did. That's mm, the only okay. thing that I would say about it. But it's it's I mean it's still Horizon. Yeah. It's still great. It looks awesome. So. Yeah, I think I got the. Or, like, the PC version is, like, the complete edition or whatever. So, it comes with the uh, DLC. So, I'll give that a shot once I get through the game. Um, yeah, I have a lot to go through, though. Like, more so than, like, on my God of War replay, which I'm still doing. But, uh, yeah, like, I I play a lot of Horizon. And, I, I, I like, uh, Gravier1984 in the Discord was talking about, once you find out, like, what 
I think he said, once you find out Horizon Zero Dawn means or whatever, like, how could you stop playing? So I don't think I ever found out what that meant. But man, I just, I feel like I played a lot of that game. So we'll see how much I actually did. But all right, let's wrap it up. Question of the week. This was like two weeks, two, no, this is more than two weeks. This is like three, four weeks ago, maybe uh nishan april 24th (laughs) april 24th there you go so yeah it it had been a while uh so (laughs) thank you guys for the patience on this we we didn't we never do a question of the week on the review episodes because most people probably don't listen to that in case they want to you know play the game still or something uh but we asked you guys a while back with the recent release of mortal kombat the Gaff Boys want to know, what video game series do you want to get see a movie adaptation? So we post this question on our Discord server every week. You guys answer. So we got Mad Hatter1138 says, Dead Space would be my top pick. Good story, good main character, and lots of jump scares. Nishan says, I've got one word for you, Metroid. The movie Alien has proven that a badass female protagonist fighting a parasitic alien species in dark close quarters will be a hit. That is why I need the first heroine of gaming to make the leap to the big screen. Long live Samus Aran. Polar says, this might sound like a completely odd pick, but I definitely think a Kirby movie would be great. I mean, the source material is there. They had a freaking Kirby anime for crying out loud. Whether the antagonist be that clobber, oh geez, clobber, what is that word? Clobber, rarer. Dd or the mysterious and dangerous dark matter it'd definitely be interesting to see kirby in live action travel across pop star with the cutesy gladness madness behind it and i'm sure it'd appeal to everyone just like the games themselves then we had james holiday say i absolutely agree with nishan and think that metroid would be perfect personally i would prefer it in an anthology series set across the galaxy from the perspective of it of its inhabitants and samus comes as a silent mercenary to save them for money but as the series continues a larger plot unfolds culminating in the final episode from her perspective wow james coming out here with like the synopsis <laughs> like, too right in the screen <laughs> yeah <right> now. <laughs> um he follows he, he also says that if i had to choose for a film i would say horizon zero dawn fantastic robot beasts interesting world and a great story i think it would be a great game to adapt into film um timely pick yeah exactly and then cloda lunaria did i pronounce that right uh lunaria lunaria excuse me while the castlevania animated series is amazing i would love to see a live action movie adaptation too i love old school vampires and if done right i think a movie would be amazing and then Gravier 1984 says i think both metroid and horizon zero dawn would work better as tv shows and not movies I'd buy anything Dead Space related at this point. I think that'd work as either a TV show or movie. Lots of good options here, though. Most of the games related movies I'd want have already happened. Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Uncharted. So, thank you guys so much for those answers. We got uh, a bunch of you um, answering in on that question of the week. So, thank you so much. And thank you for waiting several weeks before we actually read out your answers. Um, So, guys, what do you guys think? What would you turn into a movie or TV series. I think Chloe, she kind of nailed it. One of the things I was thinking as I was reading this question is like, I, I don't need to answer this question because Castlevania exists as a TV show, which I absolutely love, love, love that show. It's so good. Um, 
but yeah, I, I could definitely see like a, a live action movie if if it's done well and they don't turn it into some kind of garbage that has nothing to do with that. Uh, oh man, it, it, video game movies just scare me. I'll yeah. say that. Like I'm thinking <laughs> about it in my head and I'm like, they will turn it into like this ridiculous, like over stylized action-y, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just think, I worry about Castlevania. What I think would be really great, though, is Mass Effect. Hmm. Um, after watching, you know, Steven replaying through the, the trilogy, I'm thinking there's there's so much more that could be going on in the galaxy, whether it be related to, to Reapers or not, that they could be doing. And because there's there's so much lore there. Um, like this whole, like, and, and everything is, everything's made up just for this. Like there's, it's not based on books or, you know, previous series or anything like that. Like it's, it's, it's its own unique thing that I think would be still like, it, it could honestly be like, uh, this might be, this might be a little, little big, but like, it could be like the next star Wars, right? That, that big fanciful space you know saga mm-hmm. uh it could really fill that those shoes i think as as that major sci-fi movie series yeah i could see that definitely and i mean like think of like they've had the writing that bioware does and across those three games like if they just get a like really good writers they get a lot of those um people that know the universe like that's the, the the thing about any any of these movie tv adaptations right it's like if the person who was involved in like the game and had a had a role in like you know the creative design behind it and stuff like they, they should probably have some sort of role in this but the thing is is like a lot of times they're adapted years later when that person has no involvement right so it's tough but yeah i think that's like almost like i'm surprised it hasn't happened already right <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that'd be cool yeah because it is it is a robust galaxy yeah. worth of stuff uh one thing i think would be a great story beat for a mass effect movie is the discovery of the relay in the soul system and the first contact war i think that that whole section right there that we really don't get to know except for in the in the stories told uh deep in the lore of the game because we're like what 50 60 years 100 years or something like that after that fact i think going back to that portion of the story and kind of giving us the discovery of the mass relay going through for the first time meeting the turians getting into a fight with them like kind of having this us rolling out into the galaxy sort of thing and then just build it off from there i think they have a they have a blockbuster for sure there's there's also the creation of the geth and the the feud that that comes from that there's the genophage that they could do stuff with oh man there's so much so much good so much. stuff i mean you'd even go back and uh you know you could just have a thing of of the discovery of like and it kind of goes along with the mass relay but the discovery of like uh ancient prothean ruins um just kind of getting the lore that goes along with that or meeting the you know add protheans in there somewhere um yeah there's just there's so much there is really is good choice Good choice. Um, game to movie. I'm like Adam. I'm really, I'm really like uh, um, scared of them because of what has happened to movies in the past mm-hmm. and, or games 
you know, turned into movies. Even though a lot of them are cult classics at this point, like the Mario Brothers movie and and um, even Resident Evil, it's kind of like it's enter- there's entertainment factor to it, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but if I wanted like a accurate, like perfect adaptation to film, I don't pick Mass Effect. I'm gonna pick Chrono Trigger. Ooh, I would nice. love to see Chrono Trigger made into a movie. Um, okay. Because I think well done with the time travel elements in it and the the ever imposing hardly seen lavos kind of having this background effect on everything and and you know traveling to the you know uh, to zeal and seeing that brought to life on film and going to uh, the future destroyed and being able to see that brought to life plus having the characters the only the only question I would have is how you deal with chrono because chrono's mm-hmm. the silent protagonist throughout the entire that. game so it's very difficult like what are we doing with him and how's this personality going to play out in this if they do a chrono trigger game but that would be one that i would really love to see um but again frightens me because they've tried final fantasy movies before in the past and they were kind of bad except for the mm-hmm. one from 15 king's glaive is pretty right. pretty dang good yeah um i think advent children was pretty well received too but again, like um, you're you're taking seven, which is another one of those games that just has a grand grand universe to it. Um, I think it was very easy for them to do that. With Chrono Trigger, it's a little bit different because it's like I don't know, it's a little bit more contained compared to because it's it's Golden Age era RPG, so it's not like as broad as what a lot of our games past the past that Super Nintendo generation were able to get the PlayStation RPGs and things. They just grew. And you could very easily do things with them, but um, that would be my one. Okay, that would be my one. All right, I like it. I like it. Um, for me, I don't know. I so I thought of a couple things. One, the first thing I thought of was uh, Overwatch does those like animated shorts when they like introduce like new heroes and stuff like that, and they've had tons of shorts um, over the years and stuff. And so I and I, I actually think they're pretty impressive and um like they easily match like animation quality of most like tv shows and movies out there so i think it would make sense for them to like do a tv series or something animated tv series um maybe more aimed towards like younger audiences probably um that would be really cool because there's just like so many characters in overwatch and that was like the coolest thing of of the lore videos right is knowing a little bit more about um the different characters and um they're all like very iconic and um it, that could be cool so i think a tv series with overwatch would be neat um and then i don't know i i really want like a something with i think there could be like a zelda thing but because i think there could be a zelda thing because every zelda game is like you got Zelda, you got Ganon, you got Link to some degree, right? Those are like the kind of three elements. Not always, right? Like there's some you could throw in another antagonist in there if you really wanted to. But like that's like the DNA. There's some other things that make, you know, Zelda Zelda, of course, but I don't know, like it wouldn't be them trying to like replicate a story that's already been told, right? Cuz that's always the thing with books to movies is like it's now just told as the good as the source material. It's the same thing with movie. It's like when you're taking something that's supposed to be interactive and 
turning into like a one and a half hour thing that you watch. It's like, it doesn't always translate. So I think like Zelda just kind of always being like a different version of Hyrule or whatever. And like having it, like it could be its own thing. That's like still the DNA of Zelda and, and the hero story, but like done in a different way. And maybe that could be a movie or maybe that could be a series, but that'd be cool. Like, I don't know. It, I think it'd be cool, but maybe it could really taint the Zelda name. It's hard to say. I would like to see that, I think, as a series. Yeah. Because right? if you try and, you know, if you think about it, the at least if you're looking at the majority of Zelda games, right? Link spends his time trying to track down all the pieces of the Triforce, or he's trying to track down um, medallions or jewels or something, right? And he goes through all these dungeons to get these things and new items and uh, things that it, it sort of increases his, uh, you know, uh, abilities or skill set that he has. And if you try and cram all of that into a two, two and a half hour movie, it just wouldn't work. You're going to yeah. miss a lot yeah. of stuff. You know, he's going to just be zipping through dungeons, getting these these things that he's collecting. And... Dungeon montage. <laughs> exactly right. Whereas if you kind of spread it out and like, you know, it doesn't even have to all be one season. Like. Maybe he doesn't have all the things by the end of one season. Maybe it takes him. He still needs the hook shot to get there, <laughs> right? Yeah. To 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 get there and to get through all these different dungeons. And, yeah. Um, I think actually this might sound kind of weird, but a good inspiration for that might be something like, and not necessarily the art style, but the pacing and the adventure aspect to it is uh, would be Adventure Time. Mm, take a okay. look at sort of the blueprint of that show and sort of the adventures that Finn goes through to. Uh, you know, just not only just kind of explore things, but they're, you know, questing. Like he mm -hmm. goes on quests. Yeah. He collects things and he takes it back to his little treehouse home and stuff like that. But um, it could be something kind of similar to the vein of that. And look how many seasons that, you know, went across. Now, granted, it wasn't, you know, a linear arc that, that necessarily ran through every season of that show. Um, but there were points where those elements would come together into a larger picture and mm -hmm. i think zelda could maybe do something like that didn't zelda have a series in the works and nintendo canned it uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that in... and then of course there's the excuse me princess from <laughs> right way back, in the way back the cartoon yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's what happens when you give dialogue to a silent protagonist. Yeah. Would Grona be like well, that? that would that would be weird right like excuse me marley <laughs> <laughs> It would uh, be weird because you it would right like you would like imagine being casted as Link. It's like okay, I'm gonna do my homework here. <laughs> How can I prepare for this audition? It's like read it, script. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> as, <laughs> yeah, I nailed it. Yeah, I got, I especially I that it. third one. That third one really sold it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't know. I think like when it comes down to it, like. I think um, now I know that they're kind of basing it more on the novel, but the novel was made into a video game and a lot of people know it from the video game, but the Witcher series uh, on Netflix, like, again, we're just kind of like really starting this I, again, no spoilers, but like season one, like there, there's a second season to come. And um, from what my knowledge is of uh, Geralt and the Witcher universe and stuff like that, like there's still a lot of story that we are, need to see yet um that we already know about so it's like it, um i think yeah you're right you do need a series and seasons because yeah maybe one 
maybe there's two episodes where Link is stuck in the... Well, it'd probably be more than two episodes, but yeah, there's it's kind of like a joke where there's lots of episodes where he's in this freaking water temple and it's kind of oh, like yeah. being like homage to <laughs> Ocarina of Time or he something like that. He spends the whole season in the Yeah, exactly. Temple. Like, right. would that not be hilarious? But like, it could... Where's the switch to make it go back up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it could do... Well, it, it could be something like that, right? Like... I think they have the formula now. Here we are going on a huge tangent on this. I love it. <laughs> yeah, right. The um, <laughs> they have the formula now, I think, for games as TV shows, right? Yeah. So I think the whole movie aspect, there's some that it's going to work. Sonic yeah. worked fantastic. Yeah. It was so mm-hmm. good. I think Mario is going to work out really well, too. But I think our really big story-driven games. So let's say Mass Effect. Forget the movie. Give me a TV series of that. That'll go for years. That'll be like 10, 12, 13 seasons that they'll be able to run something like that. Because we go in just staying on the main story of everything and spend 20, 25 hours running it, right? You're going to try and tell me you're going to take you're going to take 25 hours of content and cram it into two hours for me or at most six hours over three movies. Mm, Let's 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 spread that out. Mass Effect has has the versatility that it could do both. It could do either or or both simultaneously. I think there's a lot there. I mean, think like think Star Trek, right? Like think about how there were several great series of Star Trek and there were movies to sort of complement mm-hmm. that. I and Star Mass Wars Effect now easily. Yeah, I think Mass Effect mm-hmm. could easily fit right in with with that. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite series on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I think the next kind of like, well, I don't know. I don't know when it's supposed to come out, but it's it seems to be soon. But uh, HBO Last of Us series, like, I'm really interested in seeing how that pans out with Neil Druckmann, like mm-hmm. having, like he uh, he's helping produce the show. So and that's going to be interesting. And Halo's supposed to have a TV series come at some point um so yeah like once we get some of those shows that are it like, already exists red versus blue yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> the one and only just Halo more just more series. of that just yeah. have more of that yeah um side note before i end the show no word of a lie there's actually i saw in the news in my uh home province of alberta is actually where they're filming last of us part two at least portions of it and they put out a casting call for extras and i'm oh. kid you not i'm legitimately like going to take headshots we need to do, do that so yeah i can see if i can get into the last of us tv series because that would be pretty that rad. would be amazing yeah that would be awesome, dude. <laughs> even if i could be like maybe uh yeah like a infected or something like that would be cool but yeah, well you gotta well, practice yeah. your background talk yeah so it's almost like you're having a comp exactly yeah yeah <laughs> and i need to grow grow a beard that is non-existent because i guess we'll be in you know right. the end of the world situation but um yeah i don't know i just thought it'd be fun it's like when in my where i live would i ever get an opportunity for something like that um but anyways that's the show <laughs> so uh thank you guys so much for uh tuning in a little bit longer of an episode but again we've missed some so you guys deserve the the extra show time um so yeah thanks again for tuning into this episode uh steven where can people keep up with you so you can find me on twitch twitter instagram and now 
TikTok as well <laughs> at Lordly King S. So come on by. My TikTok is like that's where I do stuff every single day. I have a video up. And it's uh to let you know what the TikTok content is, because Instagram and Twitter is all just like whatever random whatever's I come up with. TikTok is methodical. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, if you've never played a Final Fantasy game before and you're playing Final Fantasy 14 and you're loving the content, you want to know what those little Easter eggs are from previous Final Fantasy games in the series, I'm the one that you come and see. I've got it for you. And I'll give you a breakdown what you're battling, where it came from before uh, it found its way into Final Fantasy 14. And that's nice. where you can find me. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Love it. Adam? Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at AdamPalooza85. Great. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at LukeAllenArm and Twitch.tv slash LukeLama. And I just realized, hopefully Nishan didn't stop listening, but I forgot to issue the next question for next week. So Nishan posted in the Discord. What we want to know is uh, predictions for E3. So by next week's episode, we're going to be giving our predictions for what we think is going to be shown off at e3 um so you know things such as the xbox and bethesda event uh ubisoft event like just kind of give some predictions on what you think is going to be shown uh during e3 and uh, we'll share them on the show next week alongside our predictions and it will be a lot of fun and then we'll come back the following week see how right or wrong we were um and it'll be a lot of fun so invite.gg slash games are fun and respond to Nishan. He posted the question over on the Question of the Week channel. All right. Um, follow the show on Twitter at GamesAreFunPod and on Instagram at GamesAreFunPod. Uh, you can email us at contact at GamesAreFunPodcast and make sure you're following the show on twitch.tv slash GamesAreFunPodcast. Okay. That has been another episode of Games Are Fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you all next week with those fresh predictions coming in. So have a great week.